What up, Walgreens? I guess she went to a fancy school. I don't know if that was offensive. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that's got to be more fun than watching you get your hair combed. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. What are you doing? Memorizing me by heart? Uh, yes, and then I'm going to put my heart in your hand. Oh. And it's going to be magical, because then we're going to go to India. <laughs> Welcome back, cousins. This is our Empire Exhibit episode on A Little Princess, mm-hmm. and we are very excited to have a guest joining us yet Ooh. again. Yes, it's very exciting. Uh, please welcome comedian Allison Mick. Hi. Hi, Allison. <laughs> Al- I kind of held for applause there for a second. <laughs> no, I know. It is kind of awkward. Uh, yeah. So Allison is a comedian in the Bay Area, and she is one of the vice principals of comedy, a very funny group who produce shows all over the San Francisco place <laughs> <laughs> and you can find her on twitter she's at allison underscore mick uh so welcome we're very happy to have you thanks for having me i'm excited yeah it's yeah. gonna be a good time uh before we get into our recap we're going to announce our cousin of the week excellent this week it is cousin amanda who writes just as a note to start off black adder predates jeeves and wooster black adder ran in the 80s whereas jeeves and wooster started in 1990 if for some reason you did not listen to our episode about Blackadder, which why wouldn't you? Right. We were wondering whether or not the other uh, Fry and Lori joint Jeeves and Wooster was before or after Blackadder. So thanks, Cousin Amanda, for preventing us or, you know, helping us not have to do our jobs. Right. Good and, job, cuz. Yeah, it's great. But now, she writes, to the really important stuff. I have a brand new track listing and it's Selfridge centered. Now, as it's a brand new band centered on one of the off season subjects, this is just an EP because surprisingly I couldn't come up with more than six track names. (laughs) Season one didn't have much to offer. As with all EPs, some of these tracks will be featured on the full off-season track listing coming soon to a telegram near you. (laughs) Uh, So without further ado, I give you the album... The Henri Leclerc Memorial Lair by Lady Diana Manners and the Plunkets. <laughs> track one is Leclerc Moment. Track two, Marvillious Memoirs. Track three, Frickin' Gordon. <laughs> track four, Rosemary's Beatrice. Track five, Blankensop. Track six, Nailing It. And track seven, the Henri Leclerc Memorial Lair featuring the stick poking kit. <laughs> Sorry, it's such a small offering, but hopefully it will do. With regards, your cousin, the right honorable Lady Amanda, Viscountess of Greenbank. This is phenomenal. Yeah. And I would say also, cousins, if you have ideas for additional tracks, you know, feel free to leave them in the comments on the Facebook page <laughs> for this episode. I mean, I think one obviously should be called, Let's Go Shopping! <laughs> have you watched Mr. Selfridge at all, Allison? I have not, but I have a feeling that nailing it is going to be the party anthem of the summer. Uh, yeah, totally is. Uh, it's a good show. We recommend it. it Jeremy is. Yeah. Piven is hysterically funny in it. Is Alan coming in that? No. Oh. That's the good wife oh (laughs) (laughs) right everybody says the good wife is so good and i'm like i kind of don't give a shit about people that say that are moms right (laughs) and it's like a legal drama on cbs my two least favorite things yeah i'm not gonna watch no dramas that's like 
PTSD for me. <laughs> <laughs> Allison went to law school. Full disclosure, everybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so thank you, Cousin Amanda, uh, holding on to your Cousin of the Week title. One more week. That's right. <laughs> uh, so that's great. If you would like to throw your hat in the ring to be Cousin of the Week, be sure to send us a telegram. We're upyoursdownstairs at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, a.k.a. Carrier Pigeons, at 5 Maggie Smiths. That's at 5, the number 5 Maggie Smiths. <laughs> and you can also just... Look us up on Facebook. Up yours downstairs, exclamation point. That's right. Yeah. The exclamation point is crucial, even though you could probably find us without it. Yeah. You well, know, you there's. I want to get mixed up. Yeah, with the other, the other less enthusiastic up yours downstairs. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be on the page for up yours downstairs frowny face. Mm-hmm. That's not. <laughs> or up yours downstairs question mark. <laughs> right. So, a little princess, you guys. Woo! Yeah. Wow, what a time the we've had. The classic children's tale. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> entirely sure why it's such a classic children's tale. <laughs> right. I don't think it really teaches good lessons. It doesn't, but that's not what childhood's about. Um, well, sometimes it is. Ask no, I think- that chimney sweep. I bet he'll tell you a thing or two. Yeah. He did seem very streetwise. So, what I learned in the lead-up to this... Uh, we didn't do the Shirley Temple one because, like, Shirley Temple's so freaking annoying to me. Right. Blasphemy. I, blasphemy. What is so great about Shirley Temple? Um, she was super cute. She had great curly hair. She's my hair idol. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, her movies just tend to wind up being racist, like, when you wouldn't expect it. I mean, that's not her fault. I know it's not. It's the 30s fault. Yeah. Uh, but then well, she was producing a lot of them. By that time, she was kind of like a little mini empire endorser. Yeah, but I mean, she like couldn't consent to things. She was nine. Yeah. Look, I read Shirley Temple Black's entire memoir for mm-hmm. some reason that I don't understand. Also, her daughter was the bass player in the Melvins. Really? Yeah. Huh. Lori Black. The is... more you know. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't do that one because, and it, the other reason was because it strays so far from the book. Mm. I thought. <laughs> and it does. But this one that we watched, the 1995 Alfonso Cuaron version, also strays really far from the book in large part because it was based on the Shirley Temple movie. Huh. So, okay. so much for literary pureness. <laughs> Which mm. is what we've always, you know, prided yeah, ourselves on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Despite the fact that I still can't remember if I've ever read A Room with a View. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But the book itself is set during the Boer War. Right. And rather More than... More like the snore war. Oh, <laughs> that's why they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> but her dad wasn't even in the army. He was just like, you know, an early, you know, venture capitalist out in India. With a cracker factory still? No, or? cracker factory. Uh, he was in on some diamond mine scheme with his best friend. Right. And we saw this because we, we watched the Mary Pickford version from 1917, which was even more boring than the Boer War. Uh <laughs> They didn't have talkies then. No, no. it was silent. And they piano only... Music or? They had 10 minutes of piano music <laughs> right. and then nothing. Oh, yeah. cool. Like, thanks, YouTube user. <laughs> um, that's really convenient. But that one is set in the right time period. Mm-hmm. And so the dad, instead of dying of anything that makes sense, <laughs> apparently dies of a broken heart. Right. Because his best friend, like, he thinks his best friend betrayed him with this diamond scheme. Uh, I think his heart was broken because he lost money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because his friend betrayed him, he found him like, do you not understand how investments work? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's not like your friend was like, oh, I'm going to take all your money and then not have any like, you know, his friend was into it. He wanted diamonds. Yeah. 
but I think actually in the book it was like a situation where like wherever their diamond mine was, like it was like, you know, Tsitsi fever or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, his friend got it and it was just a mess. Yeah. It was difficult to understand, really. It makes actually more sense than the movie we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> True. The movie we just watched was basically an episode of Passions. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that show. That show is so great. Oh my god! So Tabitha's Miss Minchin. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that monkey is Timmy, I guess. All right, I or was it. Amelia Timmy? It's hard to say. <laughs> Becky's Timmy. Uh, <laughs> no, Becky is. Um, okay, so Sarah Crew is Charity, and then Becky is like Not Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. Oh, that's a good point. I do love Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. She is my favorite heroine, probably in all recorded literature okay but it was in part because i used to really love gone with the wind and she also that was like one of the first episodes like i watched passions from like the first episode okay yeah. and in one of the earliest episodes she went to like this gone with the wind screening yeah in town in harmony was that the harmony, name of it yeah. yeah so she's there and like having this elaborate like scarlett o'hara infused like yeah. fantasy about ethan which is ridiculous because <laughs> ethan is such an ashley wilkes he is not a red butler yeah he's kind of a puss yeah he is such a like and that was the thing i never understood about that show first of all why all of the like the least charismatic people were like the most attractive and also why did no one on that show ever think to use a condom yeah because they were all catholic well yeah but then they shouldn't have been having sex with each other in the first place they were such good catholic 50 kids (laughs) me and my mom used to joke about them all the time and be like oh i was born a little irish hispanic boy because we they're like the sheens yeah oh my god they are like the sheens yeah i wonder if that was like was that like the pitch to nbc (laughs) like it's like okay oh his name was was martin lopez fitzgerald oh man what if there was a soap opera based entirely on the Sheen family? But there was no Charlie. No. Because Louise was clearly Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And then Martin was the dad. And then they had another. Pilar oh, wait, Miguel was, Miguel was the brother. He was Miguel c- was the younger brother. There was, uh, there's an older one over Louise. Right. And like he came back like, and like, in like Panama or something. Yeah, it was really confusing. I think there was like a shark attack. There was a lot of confusing stuff on that show. You're listening to A Town Called Harmony, a passion <laughs> podcast. Oh, a new podcast. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Does that podcast... Is there a Go podcast about passions? passions? Because that would be Can amazing. That was online somewhere? Probably. Oh. You know, Haley Mills' sister played Tabitha. Yeah. Juliet Mills. Yeah, that was... Cr- <sighs> she was so good, too. Yeah, and then Timmy died. I know, in real life. Not on like, the show. Yeah. Like, you expect characters to die. Right. Yeah. But uh, he had, like, Gary Coleman disease or whatever. <laughs> Did. Yeah, he was like 24 yeah. or something. I oh. looked it up and I felt really sad. Yeah. I love that show. That we, show is fantastic. I watched it in school for a year because last period, uh, first semester I took clothing design, second semester I took fashion design, and we just hung out and watched fashions That's in Mrs. Burkhart's room. That sounds great. And didn't learn shit. I wish more of my class, given the career path that I've taken, I kind of think that would have been more useful to me than like economics class. Yeah. And things like that. We watched Passions and talked about serial killers and it was great. <sighs> God. If I had a time machine. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this is a podcast <laughs> not about passion, so we should probably stop talking about it. Um, but yeah, so this movie's ridiculous. Right. Uh, but we had a lot of fun with it. We did. It is. 
It was magical, you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to throw in a little bit more about the Mary Pickford one. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, because first of all, Mary Pickford was 25 and playing, uh, you know, Sarah Crew, which was weird. Yeah, because, like... Did she look 25? She, I mean, she's very short. Like, really short. So it wasn't that bad, except for the scenes where she was, like, climbing into Captain Crew's lap. Ew. Yeah. Which... I'm not sh- I think those were actually less, less creepy than this one because you knew that Mary Pickford was a 25-year-old woman. Right. Like, there's a difference between a 25-year-old woman playing a 9-year-old and having a weird... This was like an actual 9-year-old. Yeah, this was an actual 9-year-old in this one. So I think it was less awkward. What's her name? Liesl. Liesl Matthews, who no one ever heard from again. Yeah. Um... She was a pretty little girl. But. Yeah, she was pretty. But I mean, you know, it kind of makes sense. Because I feel like Alfonso Cuaron is all about... He's like a like a painter, the way that he directs. He's all about the yeah. visual images. And he's yeah. like, oh, we'll get real kids. <laughs> what <Right>. an idiot. <laughs> Good job, dummy. Yeah. yeah. Mary Pickford certainly does have more, you know, charisma or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mary Pickford was amazing. Have yeah. you ever seen any of her movies? Um, a couple of them. But yeah. I remember her most... From the Chaplin... Biopic. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't she actually was just her. like being really snarky to Robert Downey Jr. She's like, "Nah, you like kids," and he's like, "You look like a kid." Gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, well and- she was the only person in Hollywood that was arguably more famous than he was. Mm-hmm. She had a really depressing life. Wow! Like, yeah. shocker. Did a woman have <laughs> you a depressing said that about life? So many times today. I know. Well, we haven't I even gotten wrote the book. Had a we haven't even life. gotten into Frances Hodgson Burnett yet. Like, yeah. that's even more depressing. But like, Mary Pickford came she was actually canadian she's from toronto gross uh she was married to douglas fairbanks for a while and i always think i should know who that is but then i think i'm just thinking of errol flynn they're kind of the same guy they were he was like yeah star so anyway they were married and then like they got a divorce is the one that i only know from the chaplin biopic because he does some big thing at a party where he like swings down yeah i've never seen the chaplin biopic (laughs) oh it's so good i keep meaning to it Maybe started a very early lust for Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It came out in like ninety two. Yeah, that, I was six. see, and that's why like, I could. I think that was wow. why I wasn't allowed to watch movies oh, like okay. when I was a kid. Like my parents were very strict about like you mm-hmm. can't watch a movie until you know you're the age of that movie. Ugh. So I remember my mom. I had just turned thirteen, and I went to go see Romeo plus Juliet. And my mom was like, "You aren't allowed to see that." And I'm like, "I'm thirteen now, mom. You don't own me anymore." <laughs> Daughter. Yeah, yeah, not really. She's uh, forceful. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Mary Pickford was from Canada, and her family, uh, they were Irish, and had a really strong history of alcoholism. Wait, Irish people? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Look, it's hard to believe. I I totally... I just, no, it's hard to believe. I just don't want to believe it. It's You know what? Uh, I haven't done the research. It may just all be dirty, dirty lies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, my so last she... name is Mick. I have a Guinness in front of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like her dad died, and her mom had to like work all these odd jobs, and then they like started doing theater stuff in Canada, and she like got this great reputation and started working in early films and stuff, and became one of the most powerful women in Hollywood. I mean, ever. Uh, she, you know, produced her own films. She directed. She really did everything. Um, the early film industry was actually pretty egalitarian, as we learned from Mr. Selfridge as well. Right, right. But so she, I mean, she played all these roles, you know, but 
as she aged and as talkies came in, she was kind of losing her like spunk. Yeah. She was losing her like girl next door quality. I mean, she was always very wealthy for the rest of her life, but like she and Douglas Fairbanks divorced and like they both still kind of like wanted to get back together, but they never did. Did he turn out to be gay? Am I um, I don't right think person? so. I think he married a lady. Oh. Um, cousins. Do you know if Douglas Fairbanks turned out to be gay? <laughs> Have you ever had sex with Douglas Fairbanks? What gender are you? <laughs> <laughs> Call in. We want to hear your story. Um, our lines are open. Yeah. Our lines are always open on Twitter. <laughs> um, so, like, they kind of, like, wanted to reconcile, but they didn't. And she wound up marrying this other guy named Charles Buddy Rogers, which, like, bad move, Amber. Right. Um so bad move amber yeah that's a line from the sarah silverman show oh, okay uh we say it constantly oh, too i'd forgotten where it came from yeah anyway uh so she married this terrible guy who was pretty much like using her for her money and she just became a recluse and drank herself was to he death. a cattle man because that i don't name think he was i think cattle-y. he was vaguely into movies or something business yeah um but no i mean both Mary Pickford and Frances Hodgson Burnett in like late in life. Like I think they both were married three times. Frances Hodgson Burnett might have only been married twice, but they both Get wound it, up ladies. Well, yeah, but they both wound up marrying like younger men who were only using them for their money, which I guess is where that stereotype comes from. Uh, but it just, it's, it's very sad because it's like these women were so accomplished in so many ways and had so much going for them. And yet they still like felt like they had to like have these men in their lives. And yeah. because of the laws at the time for both of them, like, you know, the men had access to their money. Yeah. Right, uh, right. Francis Hodgson Burnett's in particular. I mean, once he got married to her, he owned everything that she had, even though she had been the only one working. Like, yeah. Right. Because her first husband was like a really shitty doctor or something and like didn't do anything. <laughs> doctor. No. <laughs> loser. No, but like, he, didn't, he somehow was a doctor who made no money. Like, I don't know how you do that, but he managed it. I guess, you know, if you keep killing your patients, they don't pay up. <laughs> yeah. Also, another. fun fact about Frances Hodgson Burnett. She uh, was always dressing up. She had two sons and was always dressing them as girls. Um, so that seems That's healthy. That's where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't believe in gender, like, in that way, that still bothers me somehow. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, for one thing, it's different when, you know, depending on the society that you're doing it in. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was, you can also, have, they probably you, knew they were boys. Right. You yeah. can have your own beliefs about it, but your kids can't consent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's like why I'm letting my kids dress themselves and they'll be wearing like snowsuits in the middle of summer. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, you idiot, you picked it out. Mom, I'm dead. This is- <laughs> <laughs> Film at 11. <laughs> free-spirited mother (laughs) (laughs) most san francisco thing happens ever (laughs) in oakland parental permissiveness turns deadly (laughs) Uh, we need more of those stories oh god anyway uh so that's just some background on mary pickford and you had more things to say about it oh just about the movie i uh i liked actually uh zazu pitt's was the name of the actress playing Becky. And I mm-hmm. liked her a lot. She was great. Yeah, she was she was really good. Did well, and she was doing a very... I mean, they were writing it out because it was silent, but she was right. a very like, ah, cool, Miss Old Cockney. Like, it was very <laughs> yeah. much like that in the subtitles. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, in the Mary Pictured version and in the book, is the boarding school still in New York? or is No, it- no. that's the other thing, okay. is that that is all in England. Yeah, and I think, yeah that and makes the, more sense. Is the Shirley Temple one in New York? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, 20 years 
Yeah, so she goes to school in London, which makes a lot more sense. Even yeah. though I know, like, in this version, her mom is supposed to be American or whatever. Yeah. But and like, despite having been dead for however many years, she still has an American accent. When you hear boarding school, you think England. Yeah. yeah. Or New England. Well, yeah. Not New York. Agreed. But, uh, hey, New York's where the money is, apparently. So Yeah. Um, I don't know. I also wrote Becky equals Gollum. Which- oh, because she had these huge eyes and the eyeliner they put on her. She looked so bug-eyed. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was crazy. Right. Also, like... Were they making her eyes bigger as, like, a racial thing? Or no. Like- no, just... Yeah, as a- she was, yeah, she was white in that version. Yeah, more so- of just a, like oh. a, you know... They don't have black people in England. I thought you knew that. <laughs> Haven't you ever watched Downton Abbey? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't invented yet. <laughs> um... No, just, it was, I mean, it was, it was the style at the time, uh, in silent Being movies. white? Well, like, if you think about, like, Valentino, like, they always had very heavy eyeliner on yeah. them. Yeah, a part of it was they were still just trying to figure out how to transit what was different about making movies than making plays, because you need dramatic okay. makeup on stage to To read. be under the lights. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and again, there was a good third of the movie was just an interpolated telling of the story of Alibaba. Like, and I still don't know what the fuck happened. Well, you know, there was the thieves, and then the guy, and then he hid in the lamp or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alibaba, that's, that's just... the open sesame. Yeah, that's Aladdin and Sinbad, those two stories put together. Yeah, basically. It's Alibaba. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, that was a ton of the movie. Uh, when Sarah- oh, it was so boring, too. Yeah, it, it was. It was just like, why do we care? Like, we didn't even care about the main story. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. When Sarah is enrolled in the school, apparently Miss Minchin has promised her father that uh, that she will never punish Sarah for anything. And I'm like, I don't think that's a promise that you should make. Yeah, that's not in a boarding school. school. Yeah, yeah, like what if she starts beating the shit out of people? <laughs> like, well, nothing I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Learn to put up a fight, Lavinia. <laughs> I like this Miss Minchin way better. <laughs> Um, and that's about it. The last thing is that at one point, as they're attempting to learn how to cook, they find a, go- a cookbook entitled Good Things to Eat and How to Cook Them, which I think is a great title for a cookbook. Yeah, it really is. That's all I want to know. I don't think I took any notes on that, so I'm good with this. I don't need a cookbook called, like, Abundance. <laughs> <laughs> good Things to Eat and How to, make- how to Cook Them. Low fat yeah. recipes for two. <laughs> 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 Low-fat recipes for two that you'll never eat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, uh, burritos? If there's two of you, go to a restaurant. Yeah. That's <laughs> why they make restaurants. Don't waste For things. couples. <laughs> <laughs> and birthday dinners. Ha! Speaking of birthday dinners, oh, let's talk about this movie. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have the birthday cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I want that cake. <laughs> we'll get to it. It was a good-looking cake. We'll get to the cake. Spoiler alert, cousins. <laughs> yeah. There's a great cake in this. <laughs> also, if you guys weren't down for the subplots in the Mary Pickford version, subplot game in this one, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the subplots definitely. are pretty fine. Like, you know, it's a perfectly, you know, cromulent movie. <laughs> like, there's nothing... <laughs> good about it there's nothing bad about it it's very much something that on a hot day in 1995 (laughs) you could take your children and or their friends that are always at your house for some reason whoa that's how i saw this movie (laughs) just take them to the movies be in the air conditioning like there's no swears there's no boobs like it's fine everybody's happy with it just some pranks yeah a lot of pranking yeah which kids love love pranks yeah (laughs) Wait, do you see the one we're pulling on you after this podcast? <laughs> Look out. Are th- is this not plugged in at all? <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
actually, I feel like that would be like a really avant-garde podcast to like <laughs> have two mics on and then the third mic is off and then it's like, <laughs> you have to like, you have like a fourth person like <laughs> respond. Does this make sense? But no one else can, he- no one on- that's listening to the actual podcast can hear them. No, well, nobody can hear the work. first person, but then you have a fourth person come in and record what they think that, that person <laughs> okay. was saying. Whoa. All right. Yeah. That's- yeah. It's like Inception, basically. <laughs> it's Inception, the podcast. Analog podcast. Yeah. Or conversations. Yeah. Let's just do those. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. Let's, well, let's let's record this conversation. Let's kick it off. Sure. So, yeah, this one has uh, – its its story is interwoven throughout the movie rather than just being in a big chunk. Yeah, which is way fucking better. It is yeah. way better. My God. It's uh, – this uh, – They figured out storytelling in 80 years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they did advance. And it's all about Rama, and I didn't really track the story at all. There's a thorny castle at one point, whatever. Yeah, I mean, know, I took an Eastern religions class in college, so I'm really basically I don't an expert. That. Yeah. Oh, I did. I totally did. No, I do believe okay. that. Okay. I know you. Um, <laughs> comparative religions. Liberal arts, guys. That's my jam. <laughs> I took so many classes that I dropped as well. I was like, oh, that seems interesting. No. Um... So yeah, I mean it's it's in there. It's the thing that happened. Yeah, no, I you know I know the name uh, Rama, and I'm, I'm willing to go with it. Can't remember the name of the text that we had to read. The Bahamvanad. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, this isn't in there though. I don't think that's the one with the spaceships that they're always talking about. Right. Aliens. This. Was, this. Wait, I, you mean Dianetics? No, the uh, Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. They talk about like a big war. With like, they don't say spaceships, but they're basically talking about spaceships. Are you sure it's not Dianetics? (laughs) I have spent too much time in the San Francisco comedy community that now I believe all conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) You need to do something else with your time then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Anyway, but But I mean, yeah, I mean, Rama was a guy and his wife, did his wife have a name? He was blue. Sure. She had a name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Much of it appears to be taking place on the set of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. (laughs) (laughs) Auntie! Yeah, and I do love, because we get, I mean, we go right into the story before we meet anybody. Right. So we hear Liesl Matthews in voiceover saying, you know, this takes place in a land known as... India. And I'm like, what do you mean known India. as India? It right. is called India. You, well, yeah, and we also then realize that she's telling this story in India. Yeah. yeah. This is a really beautiful example <laughs> of cultural appropriation because she's sitting there. Actually, this place looked really awesome. It did. With yeah. like the, the ruined sculpture head. And then like there was a baby elephant just like yeah. playing. So she's there with, I assume, her like governess and her governess's son who are Indian. So it's like, so this governess told you this story, which you are now telling to her son. Right. Uh, well, she's a governess. She's teaching her storytelling. I guess that's her only skill. And she's not even great at that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, but so in, in the story, the guy who plays her dad is playing Rama. Yeah. Yeah. And they did skirt brown face by painting him blue. Right. So I well, guess he's blue in the stories. Yeah, he is blue in the stories. Well, I also feel like too, like there's a specific reason in this case. She is specifically imagining an English, you know, her dad. Yeah, that's in true. This story. Well, and the, he's probably the only man she's ever met too. The actress <laughs> uh, who plays her mom. I mean, we never see her mom, but like in the pictures, that's the woman playing the wife. Oh, oh. smart. And oh, that's what I was. Cute. I was trying to figure out if she actually was Indian. Because mm-hmm. oh. I mean, she could be. 
But then there were pictures of her where she was white. So I don't her know. Black and she's a little swarthy. Yeah, it's a little. Um, all right, not the worst instance. You know, we're nowhere near Alec Guinness <laughs> playing an Indian in a passage to India, right? Uh, at all. So yeah. you know, we give it a eh, we give it a eh, we're a little uncomfortable, but right. a scale of zero to Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany. Yeah, that's this actually okay. a really good scale. Somebody should write up a whole scale for racebending dot com. <laughs> Yeah, and with the governess also informs uh, Sarah that all women are princesses, which Ugh. we'll never hear about again. Right? I hope you were. That's listening the to last that, time that you get no. subtle. <laughs> it might get right by you. She says it's our right. Yeah, to be princesses. Like yeah. somebody tell Hobby Lobby. <laughs> That's the only right we have, ladies. Yeah, is to be hang prin- on to those tears. And I feel like Tom, you and I have discussed this. And I don't think we've discussed it on this podcast. I think this is more like a drunken <laughs> complaining right. about Harry Potter and the world <laughs> at large thing. Um, but like princesses actually don't have any power. Right. Princesses yeah. don't get to do anything. Yeah. Except be killed in Parisian tunnels by paparazzi. Wow. Uh, I know. She wasn't a princess anymore. <sighs> I know. Listen, we had a really emotional time watching this whole thing on National Geographic about the 90s. <laughs> and I realized that like... Princess Diana being killed. She was the 90s. Yeah. God, what did I say? Princess Diana being killed is the something for women. Oh, that's our 911. No, <laughs> no, she was the OJ Simpson for all women, like everywhere. Like just somehow. in terms of like, like uh, losing your faith in your hero? No. Although I did find out she didn't wear underwear and that kind of freaked me out. But then I got older and I was like, oh, VPL. <laughs> it's all that separates us from the animals. It's VPL. Visible panty line. Oh. Anyways, but just like in terms of like, I remember exactly where I was when she died. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, I wasn't like obsessed with her. Like she got married the year I was born. So it wasn't like I was able to like watch the wedding or anything. Yeah. But I mean, she was like a, she did more with a princess ship. Yeah. Than anybody had ever done in all of history. Do you watch that, uh, biopic with, uh, Naomi Watts? No, I heard it was awful. It, it was kind of trashy, but I liked it. I love trashy things. That's fine. It was good. Um, I mean, the other complaint I have, though, really, is that princess. If you're not already a princess, you you don't get to be a princess. She like, was a lady before she was she was Lady Diana Spencer, and then she became a princess. Yeah, I suppose. So you either also, have to Kate be Middleton was not you either a have to be born well, she a princess or no. she won't be until Elizabeth. Dies. Oh, she's Duchess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Elizabeth's just gonna hold on forever. I mean, her out mom of did. Spite. Yeah, she's got like a shrine, like a Hey Arnold shrine, with just like. <laughs> Queen Victoria in it. And it's not like she loves her. She's just like, me and you. No, I, I <laughs> I'm going to get Because like, there's bitch. plenty like, of people that I find inspiring that I also find abhorrent. Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos, Bezos. Oh, the Amazon guy? Yeah. Like, I think in a lot of ways, he's probably going to destroy the world as we know it. And yet I'm like, man, get that paper. Do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, drones, whatever. <laughs> Making it yours. <laughs> yeah. So princesses kind of a bullshit thing to be right there was i just read this on jezebel some guy there's some like unclaimed oh. principality in north africa yeah that he claimed so that he could be the king of it and then his daughter could be a princess yeah. and i find that repugnant yeah 
from a colonialist standpoint and just a common sense standpoint, like, no, your daughter doesn't get to be a fucking princess. Right. We yeah. have this whole toxic princess culture, which yeah. I hope you guys are planning on talking about a lot. <laughs> I, this is my time to shine. <laughs> We've got this whole toxic culture built up around it. And I mean, it's so insidious. Like, yeah. I have friends with daughters who actively try to shield them from that influence. And that's all they want to be still. Yeah. And it's just like, how the fuck? I mean, look, everybody wants to be rich and sit on their ass. Like, that's what being a princess is all about. Yeah. Um, I don't know of anyone who doesn't want to do that. At least for a little bit. But how while. do you do that without having to work hard first? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's just this like false dichotomy that we're setting up for our daughters, which is like, oh, just be like nice or whatever. And some dude will like take care of it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I will say to this movie's credit, this is not about. Right. I mean, yes, there's a creepy father daughter relationship angle yeah. going on here that we're icked out by. But I mean, in general, this is not about being a princess so that some man like solves your problems even though that's exactly what happens um but it's just like you know feel special you know that's all they're saying which in edwardian times was uh pretty remarkable yeah, yeah. that yeah. was not a heavy time for self-actualization <laughs> amongst children on the princess motif right it has been so long since i read it. i meant to reread it like for this and right. guess what happened <laughs> full-time job uh but i, I mean, mean it, i think it, it wasn't it wasn't the thing I, it couldn't possibly have been emphasized as much in the book as it was oh, in this God, movie. Oh, God, no. Like, this that's movie. Not... Well, this was also a 97-minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. But they said it every four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, the thing about Frances Hodgson Burnett's books, actually, is that they're fucking terrible. <laughs> like, if I think back on The Secret Garden and I think back on A Little Princess, what little I remember of it. They're just shit books. Like, they don't hold up that well. They're really boring. Like, the positive associations that I have with any of her work is through a film or musical adaptation. Because the musical version of The Secret Garden, as I said many times, is one of the (laughs) finest works of American musical theater that's ever happened. And, like, but, like, and people, like, project all of this, like, whimsy onto it, though. Like, there's something, like, in in the... There's a bunch of whimsy being projected onto this magical garden thing. Yeah, but the garden's not magical. Yeah, it's just secret. It's just a fucking garden. Yeah. It's yeah. actually, it should be called the garden that post-traumatic stress built, <laughs> is what that book should be called. Yeah. Well, it solved that kid's leg thing, right? Um, he didn't really, I don't know, man. He had like a, he had, he had, he had like, like consum- look, he was just sickly, and what that really meant was his mom died, and no one knows how to take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was basically he's what happened. He's probably sick. Let's yeah. Let's just put him in another And he's mom. the worst part of the musical, because he's played by some little, like, oh, I'm and he's really stupid. A little boy's playing a little boy. That's yeah. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it was daring, is what it was. Alfonso Coron. No, but you know, he's like one of those fucking boy sopranos plays oh, him. No. Right? It's like what is this the snowman? Ugh, call me when your balls drop. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um so I just remember those books being not that interesting. Yeah. In general. You know, I haven't read them forever. I don't know if I ever read A Little Princess. I know I read The Secret Garden. But. I went through a very heavy period, I think in like third grade, where I was reading like The Princess and the Goblin, which I also could tell you nothing about, except mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure there's a goblin in it. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a princess? That's what yes. we're here oh, to talk God, about yeah, right now. Oh, God, yeah, for sure. Good. Um, And, you know, a little, you know, just any princess. Again, I was like, yeah, princess. 
let's how does that work tell me what to do yeah yeah but there's nothing to be done yeah so back to the princess at hand here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who again is not actually a princess right have we mentioned who's playing her dad Uh, that's no we have we're about to get to it we're about to meet him after a a few random shots from the indian tourist bureau Uh, (laughs) there he is it is liam cunningham Better known to most as uh, Sir Davos Seaworth. From Game of Thrones! That's yeah. right. Looking. Nearly just, unrecognizable. Yeah. We, we I saw recognized him right away, because about the eyes, he looks the same. The eyes, right. I mean, I, every other It took now. Allison a solid, like, 45 minutes to accept <laughs> the truth. It. I was like, no, he's gonna, like, an old man's gonna come in there <laughs> and I'll recognize him. And we were like, no, we already met the old man, and it's that guy that's clearly not Liam Cunningham. <laughs> yeah. That was 20 years. That's that's too... He aged too much in too short a time, I want to say. I don't think he well, look, did, but... When you sail the seas as a smuggler, like it ages you. Well, he was in the that movie spray. in the early 2000s with uh, Carice Van Houten, who plays Melisandre. It's a book about a South African poet. Boring. You'll be banging it though. Mm, and how, he looks like he looks in Game of Thrones, how, and she looks like how she looks in Game of Thrones, but without the red hair. How kinked up is the sex? I is, have a very low a threshold map? for kink, so I'm like, yo, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they do it like in three different ways. Like, <laughs> like, are they like reciting poems to each other? And yeah, shit? they're both poets or so. I don't know. I turned so it it's off like possession, it, but in South Africa, it felt wrong watching Melisandre and uh, Mr. Seaworth <laughs> do that to please, each other. Please, Mr. Seaworth is my father. <laughs> Call me Dave. <laughs> uh, he just seems like one of those people that's always been an old man. I don't even like Donald I Sutherland. Feel like we have a totally different view of like what an old man is. I don't know. Donald Sutherland I'm, in Animal House, still an old man, even though that was a million years ago. I see ago. what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, all that said, this really was Liam Cunningham. We promise. <laughs> we <laughs> still don't want to believe it. <laughs> Boy, your denial of reality yeah. uh, really calls to mind the denial of reality evidenced in one Sarah Crew. <laughs> well, in we're both princesses. So we have more than that. In She's common. wearing a tiara right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are bodyguards everywhere in our apartment. Yeah. She's yeah. encouraged by her father who says that she can be anything. Which I was, I was like, that seems awfully unrealistic. But then I was like, oh, she is very rich. But like, it's also 1914. Like well, she can't be anything. Like, like she oh, can't vote for you example. Can, yeah. You can be anything. Like, do you want to just like pick up some bullshit hobbies and then drop them? Great, go for it. Like <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much what you have to yeah. do. Can't own property, but yeah. Or also, vote. she's bad at everything she does in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. She has no. She skills. can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, they're on a boat uh, sailing across the ocean. We got a, like, Indiana Jones-style map thing going on. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, didn't you say Buffalo is where Rochester, New York should be? Yeah, I was not happy about that. I was like, oh, they got Buffalo on the map. But it's where Rochester is. It was 1914. Maybe it was an Indian map, you know? (laughs) Right. What what the fuck do they give a shit? They learned about the power, the hegemonic power of maps. Things are where you say they are as long (laughs) as you have it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Just look at the Mercator production. <laughs> we were just happy to see Cincinnati on there. Yeah. Our needs are very small. 
I'm like that though. Everything we watch, if they stay Cincinnati, we were watching something the other day. John in Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, we've never watched that because I don't think he actually was from Cincinnati. Yeah, or it wasn't set in Cincinnati. It was set in Hawaii. Yeah, police, police women of Cincinnati. Though that was great. That was a reality show. That was what it? other shows take place in Cincinnati? Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, the movie Traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That Wait. was maybe why we got so excited the other day. Possibly. Because it's the both- one with the Benicio Del Horo. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that take place in Washington, D.C. and L.A. Place, and La Jolla and Mexico? Steven and Soderbergh Cincinnati. is such a talented film director. <laughs> Your eyes he, just crossing. <laughs> he uses different color filters in different locations to demonstrate the many moving parts of the drug trade. Give that man so many Oscars. But uh, yeah, but Michael Douglas is from Cincinnati and that's where his And they daughter... live in Indian Hill, which is the super richest neighborhood because of course the super richest neighborhood is called Indian Hill. Well, all the rich neighborhoods is, are always called something hill. Yeah, like, but this is like, oh, you got to be on the hill to look here, down on the poor people. But here's this hill where we kill all those Indians. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it Indian Hill. I went I'm to Indian Landing Elementary yeah. School. Anyway, uh, we're junkies for Ohio mentions. <laughs> <We> <laughs> cool. Uh, but on this boat... Sir Davos gives Sarah a locket, and it's like, is this a purity ball? Like, it was like their ew. relationship. They're the only so two gross. people having the purity ball, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're the only few people on that boat. Like, uh, I don't know how you think homeschooling works. <laughs> ew. Well, right? except for another guy, ask Walker. So. <laughs> Actually, that's not true because if you do get homeschooled, they will have like purity balls and things like that, or you know, dances where no one can dance. Yeah, to like socialize you with all of the other, you know lab rat homeschool children yeah. well, they the go on other, field like, trips together yeah they do too. yeah and a lot of times they all go to the same church that fears the government yeah <laughs> and i worked at a museum we had a lot of homeschool groups yeah yes yeah, sure did be like hey guys let's talk about the 1920s and the parents would be like all right kids earmuffs yeah like no <laughs> there's uh, knees afoot yeah <laughs> get out <laughs> there's knees afoot That's my favorite phrase of all time. Hey, thanks. That uh, should have been the catchphrase of this movie. <laughs> There's also a guy with a, a guy with a monkey hanging out at the onboard purity ball. Wait, was it the same guy? Yeah, that was the same guy. Yeah. Oh, they could only afford one Indian guy, <laughs> and they used him as much as humanly possible. So Ram Dass is just creeping across the world with these people. Yeah, yeah he's just sort of like hanging out in the background, gazing. Well, you know, he's being. <gasps> Indian. <laughs> Wait, so he starts at Mr. Randolph's house the same day she starts school? Or? Basically. Because it seems like he'd been around for a while. He trusted him a lot. But yeah, I mean, I think, again, not having reread the book, because Ram Dass is in the Mary Pickford version even less. Like, I'm yeah. not even sure what his deal is there. Yeah. But I think he's been in Mr. Randolph's service a long time. And we don't get a good sense, because I think Mr. Randolph had spent some time in the Raj okay at some point i mean that's how you find an indian yeah <laughs> um it's the place to go <laughs> man you know what? i really want one of those indian servants you know with the turban with the Where monkey you mean? yeah with the with monkey, the monkey yeah. and the mysticism you know the place to go to get an indian where india <gasps> it sounds so magical no one in this movie can say the word india without going india yeah i mean if you want to save some money go to sri lanka nobody will know the difference <laughs> But um, I think they called it Ceylon back then. <laughs> I don't know if that was offensive. Um, <laughs> the Tom Schneider story. So in New York City, 
Uh, you know, there's a bunch of characters. New York City! <laughs> <laughs> right. There's various carriages bustling around, setting the scene, and we arrive at Miss Minchin's Seminary for Girls. Can you have a seminary for girls? Semen is the root word. <laughs> you sound like the feminist in Legally Blonde. <laughs> Why but is yes, it seminaries are for... So I think it should be the winter... Ovester. I love that lesbian, by the way. I could have been that lesbian so easily. Just running around being a straw feminist. It's yeah, fun. Basically. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's good work if you can but get yeah, it. Yeah, seminaries are where you become a priest or some shit. That was my like, understanding. But I don't know. Um, Miss Minchin seemed like a rebel. I don't know. <laughs> she also seemed kind of dumb, so. She yeah, just like, and. Like, that's a big word. She Let's also use had it. some PS, PTSD to work through that this movie was like, okay, we're not going to talk about this, but. Yeah, well, I'd have some PTSD with fucking Sarah Crew flaunting her creepy daddy <laughs> relationship in everyone's face, <laughs> touching on faces. Also, when she says, Papa, like, yeah. it's like, call me daddy. Like, it's that kind of, like, it sounds very sensual the way that she says it. Yeah. And I'm just like, Alfonso, you really could have toned that down. You could have been <laughs> like, can you say, Papa, not like you're auditioning for Lolita? Like, yeah, it was weird. That would be really helpful and she was like no <laughs> he was like oh okay humbert humbert <laughs> is a postmodern anti-hero <laughs> do people have like do people have like close relationships with their dad that's weird right? though right that's like, the other thing though i'm watching this i'm like maybe i'm the fucked up one both of us have like midwestern yeah irish right. catholic yeah. fathers yeah right. I'm guessing. my dad's like we're never gonna you know touch or anything yeah uh, and we're just going to be awkward forever. And that's worked out great for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's fine. I love my dad. We get along great. Uh, you know, we both like beer. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. But like, I never was like rubbing on his face. Yeah. That's weird. I don't. I mean, granted, he also never was going off to fight in World War One. So true. In an age where photography was costly. And- no, I didn't see Captain Crew fight anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was fighting in World War One. He was just getting gassed and watching mud-covered horses run by. <laughs> it was War Horse. War Horse. <laughs> He's everywhere. War Horse. <laughs> it's like the Forrest Gump of horses. <laughs> run, War Horse! Run! <laughs> Laughs just like a box of oats. <laughs> <laughs> they bring it by every day at 5 a.m. <laughs> it comes in, life is like a box of oats. It comes in a bag that they tie to your face. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to theaters, Forest Horse, a Robert Zemeckis film. <laughs> the great thing is that Tom Hanks can still play the horse. <laughs> just so likable they're like i didn't think tom hanks could play a horse but god damn if he didn't do it what range (laughs) he's just playing tom hanks now like yeah oh yeah that's what you get in hollywood like if you're successful for long enough like all right listen you don't need to act anymore yeah it's like in the sims where you like get to level 10 of something you're like (laughs) you don't even have to show up anymore is that how the sims work now yeah what, what do you mean don't show up like oh like when you get to be like a really like like when you get to be like a ceo or whatever like you come in three days a week it's like real life okay yeah like cool. you know you work hard you work hard you work hard and people are like oh you're great as a figurehead just like i thought sims were like 
Tamagotchis where like no they just kind of feed them and they poop all the time. I mean they do that too. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know more complex. Yeah, they've okay. got they've got hopes and dreams. They do, they do, and you can yeah. you can see their dreams. Yeah. It's a green crystal above their head. Yep, it's pretty cool. Yeah, just like real life. <laughs> Tom's green crystal is dimming. So let's get back to this <laughs> recap. Right. Uh, so we see Amelia welcome them in, and uh, then we get a big dramatic entrance for Miss Minchin. <gasps> yes. Yeah, she. Who's played by Eleanor Braun? Yes. Of uh, the, Help fame. That's right. The movie Help, not. Help. No. The help. Right. Not, not the one with the poop and the pie. Right. Who the, was she in help? She was, was like the, this. Was she one of the Beatles? No. <laughs> she, was, she was Ringo. She <laughs> was the, uh, the, the main, like, she was the female lead and had kind of a thing going on with Paul. Oh, good for yeah, her. Well, and yeah. wasn't she Indian? Get it, Eleanor. Yeah, she was Indian in that. Supposedly. But, right. Well, yeah, talk were, about problematic brown face. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even because they didn't even make them they didn't even give them any makeup or anything they were just these english people but they were all part of this cult of in india to the okay. goddess kali who is my favorite hindu goddess <laughs> right. of destruction uh-huh yeah cool. you can see why and yeah. uh the, the 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 deal was that ringo gets this official sacramental ring stuck on his hand and that means that he's the next to be sacrificed and so they're all chasing him around trying to sacrifice ringo so help is like that season of the Brady Bunch where they go to Hawaii and have like the tiki <laughs> idol, possibly. It's also like that season of Weeds where they're on the run. I stopped watching Weeds after like season two. That's fair. <laughs> the uh, first time it jumped the shark, I was out. Save yourself. <laughs> but speaking of problematic, Eleanor Braun's New York accent. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's uh, talk, kids. It's not one. Is she British? Did we figure this out? I assume she is. I'm gonna look it up. Um, talk amongst yourselves yeah she it's like a new york accent but like mixed with like a suit like what a british person imagines a new york accent to be like but without the long island part like right i just kind of i don't know what's a brahmin accent is that like the kennedys yeah that's yeah boston brahmin yeah yeah like oh yeah go up to north shaw and Go to North so Station not to that see the Celtics that I'm blight. thinking of. But it's like, you know, it's just like uh, when I was in theater school, we called it like... Uh, God, what the fuck do we call it? I think of like Little Edie Beals. Maybe. I don't know. But it's like it's just like it's just like a very neutral thing, but it was very prominent in New England, like in the 60s. Okay. It's kind of like, um, like every woman in uh, 1960s film. Yeah. My go-to example is always Catherine Ross in The Graduate when she's like, Benjamin! <laughs> And you're like, well, why are you talking? Anne Bancroft isn't talking like that. What is the matter with you? Yeah. I don't know. Accents are weird. Yeah. But like if she's... All girls from the Midwest, when they move out to California, get like kind of like a posh like accent. The vowels get elongated instead of nasalized. Hmm. I don't even know what you're talking about. You have it. Natasha oh, Leggero has oh, it. Oh, do I? I do it a little bit, but... Only because I can't say my name like that anymore. Hey, guys, I'm Allison from Rochester, New York. Oh, man. We had a lot of Rochesters when uh, where uh, I went to college at UD. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. There was some feeder school there, but we had a, a yeah. ton of that. Okay, Eleanor Braun uh, is still alive 
Hey. FYI, she's 76, and she was born in Stanmore, Middlesex, England. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's about as much as I'm going to try to find out about her right now. That is great. So she was British. So I suspect the problem is that she is a British actress who was asked to do an American accent, and that can go horribly wrong. She yeah. did an okay job, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I We've mean, she did fine. We've seen way worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she introduces Sarah to the girls that are all in a French class yeah. and tells her that she's sure she will soon be the most popular girl in school, which is an odd way for a teacher to introduce you. Also, the I French thought. teacher was sleeping. <laughs> yep. uh, and I don't, I'm like, Captain Crew, uh, this might be an inkling for you that perhaps this school's not so great because her mom went to the school. Yeah. I'm like, that's why she's going there. Yeah. Uh, I thought you know, all the best French teachers have narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows why. Um, and then we... But you s- said she's popular, Lavinia. <laughs> right. We see this sociopath girl... <laughs> oh, my God. ...who dips a fat girl's hair into her ink pot, just like maintaining eye contact with Sarah the whole time. What's like, she gonna do? I wish she'd had a knife and just cut her own palm open. <laughs> oh, right. Like, you wanna throw... Like, it's it's a boarding school, Well, not she's Draco Malfoy. She's just like... You be mean to somebody to test out the new kids, see how they're going to react. It's like, is this bitch a snitch? No. Okay. Well, maybe I can fucks with that. Can't because she's all mouthy. Yeah. yeah. She's already Super got her like crab and goyle or whatever. She doesn't need Sarah crew. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's got her Karen and Jerry and Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mentioned tries to take away Sarah's locket as it is against the rules or whatever. And she's like, oh, what if I just wear it in my room? And since her dad is still there, Minchin's like, oh, fine. Also, doesn't she have all kind of shit in her room anyway? Like yeah. Sarah Crew. Well, Minchin tries to passive-aggressive to do it out of it. Yeah. She's like, well, if you absolutely insist... Like, you demand bitch. And then she's bitch. like, I do. And all the girls poop their pants. <laughs> they yeah. do. Because uh, this is a boarding school in 1914. Yeah. Like, know your place. Don't yeah. back chat. Yeah, this yeah. is Miss Minchin. This isn't, you know, Miss Sunny Pants. I don't know. It's like Miss Honey Amelia. from Matilda. That's oh, who I'm yeah. thinking of, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, but- Matilda. This is super off topic. Mara <laughs> Wilson, who played Matilda, has a literary feud going on with E.L. James, who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. Shut up. Oh, because my God. Mara Wilson writes for my favorite podcast, which is Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Um, what is the feud we need to know right now? Because the trailer for Fifty Shades of Grey just dropped. So this is really topical. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mara Wilson said some shit. She was like, oh, I'm not going to let, like, why did you bring, Be- why did you drag Beyonce into this? Because the trailer has, like. Right. That yeah. slowed down. It's really not a good look for that song. Yeah. I kind of like it. I don't, but- I don't only don't like it when it's the, uh. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, that part was dumb, but the like. That was a hot trailer, though. Like, I have no interest in those books, but that trailer, I was like, shit. I never read them, and I don't care, but I like Jamie Dornan. Okay, that's Because he's on the fall. I don't know who the fuck that oh, is. Jillian Anderson's new show. Uh, it's British. Oh, on Amazon or something. No, that's it's on Chris Netflix. Carter. Okay. Anyway, listen, what's the beef? I'm like 50 Shades of Tangent right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mara Wilson said something mean about how Fifty Shades of Grey is a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And E.L. James called her, like, oh, shit, what did she call her? Like, jealous or, like, something awful. And that she called her something stupid, and uh-huh. then Mara Wilson, once the trailer came out, just says, 
been putting E.L. James on blast hardcore. That's amazing. <laughs> Check it out on Twitter, I'm everybody. going to. That sounds like a really fun way to spend my afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it's like, what, E.L. James? How are you even going to step to Mara Wilson? She was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. yeah. For Christ's sake. Also, all Matilda did was read books. Yeah. She knows books. Like... <laughs> You're not going to go toe-to-toe Oh, on guess her. what? Mara Wilson, not really in the entertainment industry anymore. Yeah. So, she uh... She does some stand-up stuff. Ew, really? Yeah. I hate it when people who are, like, writers do stand-up, because I feel like it cheapens us. Eh. I'm, this is just me. I yeah. don't know. I prefer when people write jokes, which doesn't happen. I understand, happen. but I'm saying, like, I feel like there's all these, like, there's actors and there's, like, literary writers and all these people that are like, oh, I'm doing stand-up, I'm doing storytelling. I mean, like, step off. Yeah. Like, tell a joke. can we have anything <laughs> at all to ourselves as stand-ups? The answer is no. We are America's sad clowns. <laughs> well, that's what we're for, though. Yeah. But it's, you know, if we can't get on stage because on- Mara Wilson is taking up a slot. Also, Lavinia, back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting kind of a Pete Campbell vibe from her. She also, <laughs> like, with me, the bitch face and she, the, like, entitlement and the weird moon face. Like, like the kid that played Jack in Hook to me. Yeah, she does. Like, she looks yeah. like the gender swap version of him. Yeah. But yeah, she's just, she just wants to watch the world burn, man. <laughs> like, what is that about? Like, she just wants to be on top of the world. She doesn't care. Yeah, but it's, it's fucking boarding school. Your parents That's, clearly don't want you. Yeah. When look, the thing about boarding school is it's your entire world. That's the whole point. Yeah, right? not be it? the queen of it. Real yeah. talk. Did you guys always want to go to boarding school when you were kids? No. Yeah. Oh man, I really did. My parents wouldn't let me go to sleepaway camp, so I. Uh, wanted to I go anywhere. was allowed to go to sleepaway camp with some weird non-denominational people that made me feel really bad about myself. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's probably a lot like what boarding school is like. Yeah. Um. Hear, all the boarding school kids from my college were like super weird yeah i mean it would be a weird situation i think but they all went to like dalton and like showed rosemary hall so. jesus christ so they, they were, were probably weird they were with. rich weird which is the weirdest you can be yeah because there's like there's no like You're like what i'm doing is normal right there's no financial incentive for you to normalize your behavior <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me it was like all right listen you weirdo who reads all the time you better develop some social skills if you ever want to have a job <laughs> I was like, yes, father. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sarah has a gigantic room all to herself with all her shit there. Uh, and Davis, She's got more material possessions than I think the three of us combined. <laughs> right. I don't know what your material I mean, possession situation well, you know, is, Allison. When you move into your dorm freshman year, you bring everything you think you would possibly need. And then... The rest of them have been there forever. Yeah, yeah this is like. Well, she's know. also transplanting her entire life from India. Yeah, yeah. so she kind of had to take. I don't think they have storage units <laughs> in colonial India just sitting around. Yeah, they don't have like a pod they can drop off yeah. on your <laughs> mahal, your Taj Mahal. <laughs> it's yeah. on. Everybody in India lives in a Taj Mahal. <laughs> right. Littler, but you know, still yeah. Taj Mahals. They're like the McMansions of India. <laughs> <laughs> they probably are now, though. Uh, yeah, he tells her that uh, he tried to make it just like home. He also says that dolls make the very best friends because they're like haunted or something. Like, <laughs> just because they can't speak doesn't mean they don't listen. Ah, uh, gross. 
Yeah, pretty pretty weird. I don't yeah. think. And should... this is something from the book. Like that's why oh, it's yeah, in every yeah. version of that. Well, and he names the doll for her, and I'm like, that's also very strange parental behavior. Like you let your kid pick the name itself. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... why Ramona Quimby had a doll named Chevrolet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ramona. <laughs> Uh, yes, she says she's going to be fine, and this is where she creepily strokes his face. Because she's memorizing it. Right. Yeah. I, uh, Papa. That's not how father-daughter relationships and, work. No. And he's They're like, not, they didn't mention hockey once. So <laughs> I don't relate to that at all. He's yeah. like, listen, I got to go to World War One. so yeah. he does that. Peace he should have put her in charge of the Cracker Factory. <laughs> right? That would have been a much better she story. She seemed pretty no, wise in general in this movie. She thought so. She was kind of full of herself. I really thought so, too. It would be a great movie, too. I mean, for the time, it would have been like, you know, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, except for the Cracker Factory. Or Willy oh, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the sequel where we actually see Charlie having to run the damn thing. <laughs> right. You try to get Oompa Loompas to mind. <laughs> They're slave labor. Who cares what they think? Uh, well, you look, they still got to listen to you. Yeah. You have to talk to them in song because that's the only way they can communicate. <laughs> 40 hours, no overtime. <laughs> if you go over, that is a crime. <laughs> Oh man. Good riff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I'm real proud of us right now. <laughs> How much more of this movie is there? Like most of it. Wow. Yeah, really <laughs> we should really Quit yeah. being so funny, everyone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the children all discuss Sarah downstairs, like in a very defined order as the camera zooms back. They each say a line. Uh is she a cracker heiress? Is that really what's I don't know if that's what it is in the book, but in this show, she's a cracker heiress, apparently. Right. Yeah, they well. never developed the cracker business. Well, right. the kids all think it's crackers. I think the adults mentioned factories, but like, I, they could be a worm. Crackers gotta factor. come from somewhere. That's true. They gotta eat crackers in the war. He's probably doing real well for himself. Yeah. Big business, I would think. Uh, so Sarah comes down and is late. So mention, uh, you know, bitches are out a bit. And then the French teacher shows up. And she's like, you have to take French lessons. And Sarah's like, no, I don't. And then she's like, shut up. Uh, but then she already speaks the bitch. So she's all fluent in French. And the monsieur heads off to have some sausage. Uh, not before telling Miss Minchin that Sarah Crew can, like, help her with her pronunciation. Yeah. And, like, this seems like there's a real issue with the management hierarchy here. <laughs> like, and... Miss Minchin is not a good villain because no one respects her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not even scary. And, frankly, I'm kind of on her side. Yeah. In some regards, yeah. Like, I mean, she could be less of a bitch about it, but it's like the school has rules for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, she shouldn't be late. Yeah, the only not... reason she's the villain is because she's marginally in charge, and she looks like the evil stepmother from Cinderella. Yeah, <laughs> or Princess Mombi from Return to Oz. Yeah, like we shouldn't be demonizing people for having salt and pepper hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know who agrees with you, Cruella Deville. Yeah. <laughs> no, fierce as fuck. I love her. I know. She's amazing. Yeah. Becky goes around serving them all their breakfast mush. Uh, Sarah learns there's no talking at table, which surprises her. Uh, Then we see them in class. They're all doing the times tables, and the fat girl doesn't know seven times eight, and so everybody makes fun of her, and Sarah's like, whoa, she's real sad. She was right within striking distance. Well, no, like, yeah. Is this like that episode of Degrassi where Liberty had dyscalculia, and like that was what was going on? 
Uh, but that, you know, she, she was so close. It's she like, was. Just, you well, know. she was like, she said 58 and then she said 54. I'm like, you've got it bracketed right in the middle there. Yeah. They couldn't give her a higher or lower. Like, mm. well, that's not right. how Minchin mm. rolls. Yeah. yeah there's Minchin. right and there's wrong. And everybody's wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, Sarah writes to her father. She misses him. Uh, she sees some old other soldier leaving for the war. And, uh, you see her father reading it in the trench and he's, you know, sad. Yeah. Poor John Randolph. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even get a line in this movie. <laughs> he said, bye, father. Oh, he said, I'll miss you, father. I think his dad looks a lot like Mr. Toad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the penguin. He looks like one of those, uh, he looks like Waldorf from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> but like in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right. But Which, he's not always well, in a wheelchair. We don't know that the Muppet wasn't in a wheelchair because they're always sitting that's down. That's true. That's right. Although they get around a lot. Statler Waldorf. Well, they just show they're oh, rich. They have you know what they. I don't think that they do, be, or that Waldorf is in a wheelchair because in Muppet Family Christmas you see them sitting on Fozzie Bear's mom's couch without wheelchairs. Also in a Muppet Christmas Carol, he is. Oh, uh, they dance floating. Yeah, yeah. because oh, they're true. Marley and Marley. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, once you're a ghost, you don't have to have a wheelchair. Like there Wouldn't aren't it many suck advantages. If you did. <laughs> <laughs> like you die and you become a ghost and you're like fuck. Yeah, but to be fair, people have haunted houses and you hear like the wheels banging in the stuff. <laughs> to and, be like, fair, writes on the mirror like in the steam, like build a wheelchair <laughs> ramp. Yeah, the good news is that Ghost Medicare will pay EDA for it. Section so. <laughs> Ghost Medicare. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so somebody's having a tantrum upstairs. Lottie. It mentions Lottie. And uh, she's having a tantrum because her mom's dead, which is, you know, all that right. That seems pretty legit, although it didn't feel like a mom dead tantrum to me. Yeah. Well, she said she missed her mom. And she was like, oh, well, you'll see her soon. No, she's dead. Like. Yeah. It, yeah. It seemed, I don't know. I, you know, my mom's still alive. I don't know how you deal with these things. Right. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's like when we were watching that episode of uh, Boy Meets World the other day. And <laughs> yeah. somebody got called a racial slur, but she came in crying like she just had an abortion. Like, that's not how microaggressions work. No, it's not. Right. Uh, but like she came in and I was like, are they really going to go there? <laughs> are they going to have Eric's girlfriend just have an abortion? <laughs> Wait, they called her a racial slur and then she got an abortion? No. no. They called her a racial slur and then she cried as if she just had an abortion. Oh, right. okay. We saw her crying and it was not explained yet why she was so upset. And, like I'm like, that's not racial slur crying. Right. Like, it's pretty, yeah. I mean, like, go ahead and cry, but it should be more of an angry cry. Like, hers <laughs> like was Like an just, angry, dignified... Hers, yeah, like, she I, was crying like, my life is over, and I'm terrible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Lottie, step it up. Yeah. Right. Is the point. But anyway, you know, Sarah's like, oh, angels or whatever, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Fatty's listening, and, <laughs> <laughs> and Becky is as well. Sarah sees Becky and Becky runs off and Lottie explains that they can't hang out with her because she's a servant and she has dark skin. Um, that means something, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. And that's where they cut the scene. Not even yeah. Sarah being like, no. <laughs> let that moment sink in. <laughs> take that, America. Yeah. That's not they, bad. Uh, spoiler alert, didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they took it. They were just like, that means something, doesn't it? Everyone's like, yeah, moving on. 
Uh, so Sarah sneaks up to Becky's room and uh, just kind of spies on her for a minute. Like, just, you know, opens her door without knocking and just stares at her for a while. Sarah's a real creep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Becky, who is icing her foot because she has to work all the damn day, which Sarah's never worked a day in her life. Wearing, like, old-timey shoes. Too. Yeah. 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 Like, they didn't have arch support or Dr. Scholl's or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cole Hans collaboration she probably with Nike didn't have, did not happen. You know, yet. a good way of cutting her toenails. She's forgot some ingrowns working. Oh. Like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, so Becky is startled that Sarah is there and drops her ice and says... It shatters. Yeah. And so... That ice cost a week's wages. <laughs> right. It was hard to keep ice around in those days, yeah. as we well know from our history of the refrigerator. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Becky's like, get out of here, you weirdo. And she does. <laughs> I wish she said that. <laughs> uh, we see Miss Minchin marching the students along in their green uniforms as they leave their green seminary. Okay. This is my issue with Alfonso Cuaron in this thing. Like, the whole school is green, inside and out. The yeah. uniforms are green. Like, even the roof. It's not, like, a green building. It's a green building. Yeah. The whole right. thing is green. I feel like I'm watching a community theater production of Wicked. <laughs> and, like, not a particularly good one. <laughs> but what if we set it in the Edwardian era? <laughs> Whoa. The wizard and I- and it go gets to New York City. <laughs> yeah, instead of uh, God, how's that one go? About like one short day in the New York City. <laughs> the Wizards at Tammany Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that in Chicago? Tammany Hall? Oh, maybe not. I don't no, that's no New Tammany York. Hall's New York. I haven't read a book. In There's years. something in Chicago that's comparable. Well, I mean, the dailies ran the same type of thing, but yeah. I don't know that they had a hall, per se. <laughs> they didn't have a clubhouse? I mean, they might have. They didn't even know. have the Millennium Look, Bean clubhouse yet. clubhouse was City Hall. What? <laughs> oh, I bet Fight they, the power. I bet they had some dope leather chairs. <laughs> yeah. Made from the skin of their enemies. <laughs> what happened next in the movie? I don't even remember now. Uh, um, my bullshit. notes are so few and far between. Yeah, that's well, what Sarah, Tom's for. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah left Becky some nice new shoes. So oh, again, that's creepy. Completely impractical shoes they're like well yeah they were like fur trimmed yeah it's like yellow leather those are gonna be those are gonna make her really comfortable for the first day and then after that they're gonna be ruined they don't even look comfortable no like expensive shoes like that you gotta break them in and where is she gonna wear them like up in her attic in the attic i stayed up all night breaking in these new shoes (laughs) thanks for the gift Ugh. (laughs) it's the gift that takes away actually it's like giving someone a book (laughs) i like getting and receiving like that jim gaffigan but it's like oh here's some homework for you to do i like books nerd quit shaming me what are you el james (laughs) speaking of people who don't like books uh, downstairs, some girl is reading a hella boring book, and everybody is hella bored. Lavinia's reading it, and she's like, and then this happened. And then uh, that this was happened. like, you know, in grade school, when you had to read out loud, and the other kids in your class, you guys both seemed like you were quick readers as children. Yeah. But they'd be like, the fox ran and that always drove me fucking crazy because yeah, i was let a, us read aloud until we could do it like well uh yeah that was not the case well i guess you went to a fancy school <laughs> in Rochester, my school, new york guys they let literally every single one of us read and it made me so i don't 
I don't suffer fools well, even if they're nine. Yeah. And I would get so pissed because I was like, um, I read really well. I don't see why I'm being punished yeah. by listening to these bad readers. <laughs> the weird monotone that uh, Lavinia is using is like when we did the class reading, that would be like the voice the funny kid would mm-hmm. use uh, to like bring everyone back into it and be like, yo, reading's dumb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all be like, yeah, <laughs> let's go beat up nerds like <laughs> you guys ever do that beat up nerds no we were usually, while hiding your nerddom we were the well i just stayed well out of it i've always had an impervious air of superiority uh well except for the nose picking years that, that, that those were rough um a chapter in your memoir yeah, yeah. basically uh no but people just kind of left me alone in general really sometimes they'd make fun of me but i never got beat oh I was a bully. Girls knew better than to mess with me. Like girls were like, you that one will like, fuck you up. I think if we went to school together, I wouldn't have messed with you because I would have been afraid that you would have put a spell on me. Exactly. <laughs> and actually into yeah. adulthood, I still have this quality. Yeah. <laughs> I was 5'10 when I was 11 years old. So I was Shit. the fuck with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Look, if I had had anything to back it up, I probably would have been a bully. Like I loved making it's other people really cry. Fun. Like that's super fun. But speaking of which, you should come to Pizza Mike sometime. Oh, I have heard the people cry. Uh, so great. Funny. I will make it someday. Yay. We'll discuss this offline. Okay. This isn't live right now. So it's Sarah's turn to read. And uh, she's <laughs> stupid Sarah. Yeah. I'm and- so sorry, Tom, that this has just turned into me and Allison having a friend date and you're like here. You know, as this long- is like that movie Keeping the Faith. <laughs> As long as and you're Jenna Elfman. <laughs> you know I haven't seen that movie. Oh my god, have you not? We had this conversation ah, all the time. It's the best movie. Mm, it's great. It's not great. Listen, Speaking- two dudes in love with one lady, it's every dream I've ever had come true. <laughs> and one of them's a priest and one of them's a rabbi. Get out of I town. I only care that one of them is Edward Norton. He's not even cute in that movie. Speaking anyway, of movies that may or may not be great. <laughs> <laughs> this one, not great. <laughs> So Sarah begins making up uh, her own story about people eloping, and then there's pirates and, like, mermaids and stuff like that. And everybody, within the first sentence, everybody suddenly, like, perks up and all runs together around. I'm like, you don't even know if this new... Like, she hasn't... You don't even know she's making it up yet. Maybe they read that book every day. That actually was my thought. This is something that they have to read over and over again. I mean, once again, in this scene, I'm like, somebody invent TV already. Jesus. Right. The school only has one book. (laughs) Not a good school. We're a very very tight curriculum. (laughs) We read this book in French. And we read it in English, and also we use the words to come up with numbers. <laughs> Somebody gave it to Miss Minchin as a birthday present. <laughs> oh, I bet it wasn't her dad. <laughs> oh, her dad touched her. <laughs> so. On her face. Yeah, so. <laughs> Minchin, perhaps dealing with his childhood trauma, <laughs> tells them all to stop it, to stop having fun and making up stories and whatnot. Sarah asks her if she ever imagined or anything, and Minchin is like, no, you know. I'm like Robin Williams at the beginning of Hook, not like him at the end. (laughs) (laughs) She gets this face on when Sarah's like, haven't you ever imagined anything? Or mentions just like, fuck 
you. Like, <laughs> what God, she, I hate children. What if she believe? was born without, like, whatever the enzyme is <laughs> yeah. that allows you Sarah to, like... Sarah should really check her privilege yeah. in terms of just assuming that everyone can make believe like that's that. True. Like, that Sarah is... does not check her privilege even when she becomes, like, an orphan. She really doesn't. Yeah. A porphan. <laughs> BRB guys gonna go kill myself. That was a terrible one. Have fun. Uh, also, I want to talk about Amelia for a second. Oh yeah, who's played by Rusty Schwimmer. Rusty Schwimmer, who we can only assume is David Schwimmer's portly half sister. She's David There's- Schwimmer in with a red wig on. Yeah, <laughs> like what am I gonna call myself? Red hair, Rusty. <laughs> That's like how uh, on Archer, Archer only like wants to go by Randy whenever he's undercover. (laughs) But uh, I just, I'm bummed though that they couldn't get Kathy to Jimmy, who was clearly their first choice. They were like, all right. Also, Coron was bummed as well. He was. He was like, okay, uh, watch this movie called Sister Act. You know it? Look. You watch that fat lady and you be her. Look, there's a That's mar- my terrible impression <laughs> yeah, of Alfonso Cuarón. That wasn't good at all. <laughs> there's a, We're all very good at accent. <laughs> look, but there there was at least at the time there was enough demand out there for like 1.3 Kathina Jimmys and Rusty Schwimmer was there to scoop up the point 3. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. Somebody's got to do it. Well done, Rusty Schwimmer. <laughs> there must have been other fat ladies in the 90s. Um I always think that Bette Midler was fatter than she is. Yeah. Well, she got a lot. No, no, she never did. She's just short. I'm thinking of her now, and I'm thinking of the Rose. I'm like, she had to have been fat in them. She just played the fat one in Beaches. Uh, no, First Wives Club. Uh, oh, wow! I never saw that movie. What? Oh, I never planned to get divorced, so I felt like, <laughs> dude, it is iconic. It is clueless for old ladies. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. And me, because I love that <laughs> Leslie Gore song that they sing. <laughs> Have you ever seen the musical that's about Leslie Gore? No. It's called Leader of the Pack, and it's the worst thing ever. That sounds great. <laughs> anyway. It's only named after her fifth best song. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is her best song? Is it He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss? No, it's the one uh, Judy's Turn to Cry. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to discuss this offline, because okay. I was just thinking about both of those songs the other Putting day. Putting a bookmark in. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Minchin uh, plays some very emphatic harp at the end of this scene. <laughs> she's like Lucy Honeychurch in a room with a view with this harp. She's yeah. just she's harping. She's channeling everything in there, and it's like, oh, get a vibrator. <laughs> oh, Didn't Rupert go. Everett just invent it or something? <laughs> <laughs> also, these girls listening to stories every time are like, Ooh! like they're no very invested. Like, yeah. They haven't had any entertainment for yeah. God knows how long. But like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't you remember like being in a sleepover and you'd be like doing something and you'd all just be like, oh my God. Like that's just kind of how being nine is. I guess. Or however old Lottie is. I just, there was a lot of dancing to Ace of Base. Oh, totally. When I was nine. I don't remember the swooning so much. You weren't monsters. Well, sadly, Ace of Base hadn't made it across the Atlantic at this time. <laughs> <laughs> They're merely the jack of base. <laughs> oh, Joker. <laughs> so, yeah, the girls all sneak into Sarah's room and she tells them a story and they react how they react. Uh, then it turns out that the fatty's father is coming and she's all like bummed and telling Sarah who's doing her hair because she says he doesn't like it when he comes. Well, she's bummed because she's shitty at everything. <laughs> 
She's pretty shitty. Yeah. She doesn't even she's know seven times. She's actually kind eight. of adorable, though. You guys, it's 55. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right? <laughs> Nailed it. But yeah, it's like Parents' Day or whatever, except Sarah's, of course. <laughs> no, and we never get any clarification on why fatty's dad feels like he doesn't belong or she right. doesn't belong that doesn't get followed up on at all no i assume it's because he's jewish i that's just me and i thought he was like a tradesman like abe Froman, the sausage king of <laughs> chicago like i just thought i don't know but like he just looks like a fancy guy yeah and they all look the same he's nouveau riche probably that's my feeling like that's the only thing it can be oh that's right because he she said he feels like he doesn't belong yeah so that must be what it is yeah oh it must be it would be nice if somebody had bothered to confirm this alfonso oh right but instead we need to find out about fatty's backstory (laughs) i demand a sequel well instead we spend the next 30 seconds doing the old somebody sees the back of somebody's head and runs after them and it's not them thing which just i'm so tired of people doing that nobody does that yeah i've we, never done it could yeah. we pass some kind of law to not have that scene anymore in anything well also, and as you pointed out it's world war one sarah's so stupid did he get a day pass for parents weekend <laughs> for the war also okay i can never fucking remember the deal with world war one okay america was not in the war at this point right so why are all of these soldiers walking around why weren't we in the war were we only 19 19- it was 1914 and 1919, right? That's when the war was, but we did not get into it until... Was it 1917? Maybe 19... Maybe... I kind of feel like we got into it in ni- like late 1916 and didn't really get our you troops You know, America over. made us do it that time. Um, it, the triggering incident was that the German submarines sank uh, an ocean liner, the Lusitania, that had a bunch of Americans on it. Speaking of conspiracy theories, I heard <laughs> that the Americans did that so that they could get into the war. Well, that's... They sent it out in German-infested but, waters. But no, that's not quite true. But what is true is that they actually did have arms on board that they were shipping to britain and they claimed that it was a completely civilian liner and they hushed up the fact that they actually were transporting arms on it shouldn't they have also not be sending uh civilian liners through well but the germans what the germans had done was they had declared open submarine warfare you know mm-hmm. unrestricted they were they reserved the right to sink any ship Ooh, they was it like total wherever. war well I love total war. Only- right Sherman. i want to make a board game called total war it won't last long. I need, <laughs> I need about 50 biopics about William Tecumseh Sherman. <laughs> He's my favorite. Right? Where are those biopics? Sidebar. Uh, From Ohio. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me. You know. <laughs> We're well aware. Him and Blue Jacket. Uh, <laughs> no, man. There would be so like so many dope biopics about Native Americans. Well, yeah. this is... Yeah. Although I guess we kind of killed all of the descendants that could potentially act in them. Not yeah. all of them. Irene Bedard's still out there. Voice of Pocahontas. <laughs> Singing voice by Judy Kuhn. <laughs> <laughs> that was a problematic last name. <laughs> right? It's K-U-H-N. So that oh. makes it fine. Okay. I still think it's problematic on a variety of levels. Especially when you're first... If you're reading that, like you're calling the role at class that day and you're like, oh, ooh, how am I going to navigate this name? Kuhn? Judith? I went to school with a girl named Eve Kuhn, and it, the teachers always say, Kun? Yeah. And she'd be like, which no, is, it's Kuhn. Which is almost worse. Right. That's, that's the issue. Kun? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 
Shouldn't have added that T. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we see Sir Davos. Davos is it Davos or Davos? I keep going I don't back know. and forth. What I think, am I, Red Scott? Well, because the city. I say Davos okay. because I can't say things. All right, because there's this. I c- feel like they say Sir Date. Uh, it's like one of those weird things in IPA where it's not actually a sound. <laughs> it's like an upside down. Sir da- <laughs> Right. So Davy's walking around. Dave. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, He's the trenches just sort of being like, man, you know, this really sucks yeah, being in the horse. trenches. War is weird. <laughs> yeah. What's this about? <laughs> what's this horse doing here? This isn't what I signed up for at all. Uh, but I sees- thought this was like boarding school. I miss my cracker factory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he sees a wounded guy lying around. He's like, no, this pile is for dead people. Let me carry you over to the wounded people pile. <laughs> Don't go here. <laughs> um, and uh, this is intercut with Sarah telling her story and all the girls getting excited. And then at the same time, we see the popular girl's room, and she has – they revolt. All of her subjects have been sitting around watching her hair get combed, being silent. Again, TV. Regina lost her army of skanks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because she was like, oh, well, then why don't you all just go listen to the story? Oh, does that make Fatty Damien? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lottie's uh, Janicean. Yeah. Or I would no, say Becky. Janice. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've got our Mean Girls allegories, <laughs> okay, we're way, good. We're let's good. continue. Yeah. So Becky's story involves a whole bunch of arrows getting shot at Rama, which is bad karma because that then Dave gets gassed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because the arrows release a yellow poison gas, and then cut to the war, yellow poison gas, and not yellow in the movie. That no. would have really hit the home or. Hitting the point home. How do I say things? <laughs> right. Nail on the head? I don't know. Nailed it. On the nose? <laughs> Anybody want to huff gas after this? <laughs> we're, we're not. We haven't been doing that the whole time. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But Davos uh, gets gassed and, you know, clutches his throat and says, I told her not to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like in the story when Rama told his apparently nameless wife, like, hey, don't go outside this circle. And she was like, okay, I won't. But then she's like, oh, shit. I'm going to go maybe help you, even though all I seem to be able to do is flutter around with this shawl. Yeah. It's called a sari. No, a she shawl. was wearing a sari and she had a shawl or a veil or something. I should check my privilege. Yeah, check your, check your privilege. I gotta... <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Still there. It's doing fine. Still got white privilege. I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> all right. It. Okay. Comes in handy. So speaking of, it's a big old birthday party for Sarah. Oh, with, that with the cake. cake. Yeah. Oh, that cake, you guys. Cake. Woo. There's We're all a, about the cake. A lot of excitement at the side of the cake. Uh, Sarah, bl- Sarah blows out the candles and uh, Amelia's playing the piano. But of course, there's doom on the horizon as a solicitor arrives. Uh, and despite the piano playing so cheerfully. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Fatty gets in there and plays some ragtime. Yeah. Yeah. She gets, she gets the joint uh, jumping, jumping. <laughs> but then Leonard from that episode of the X-Files where he's got the like baby thing on his belly. We have not seen every episode of the X-Files yet. It's Humbug. It's season two. It's real good. Oh, my God. You don't need to get all like, eh. I'm actually Kumail Nanjiani, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. <laughs> <laughs> let 
Listen, I think that's so much funnier than Tom does. Uh, but for different reasons. Anyway. Oh, the solicitor. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. He's also, I think he's the villain in Heat Vision and Jack, the greatest unproduced pilot of all time. Isn't that Ron Silver, though? No. Ron, who's Ron? Ron Silver's the villain villain, but he's like the fry cook or the gas station oh, attendant yeah. that gets possessed by that alien. Right. Mm. You could be right. I have watched that a lot. I think I'm right. Great. So Kelly's uh, right. Anyway, the solicitor died recently in real life. Oh, I'm Vincent, sorry to hear that. Vincent was his name. Pasquale? Chevelli? Chevelli. Yeah. 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 I look, yeah I he's dead now. R.I.P. Because yeah. of his... Uh, conjoined twin leaving him way to spoil that whole episode for me by the way i did speaking of people being dead (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh man oh it's too much too soon oh it's like that time in game of thrones where we like thought he was dead but then it was like surprise he was in the war and his boat got blown up by wildfire (laughs) i'm really sorry to say that but also we're not paying for your school anymore bye yeah (laughs) that was pretty much it minchin says that the party is over what that cake uh, Amelia's gonna find a home for that cake, I assure you. <laughs> In her billet. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, so it- some cake, guys. <laughs> I really want cake now. Me too. I can't explain how much I want cake. We have to finish this podcast. <laughs> There's like an hour left in the movie. <laughs> how can you have your cake if you don't finish your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> By pressing stop, buying cake, and coming back. They'll never know the difference. I control the soundboard. It's fine. Cake All right, Allison, let's quit being witty and charming and just get through this. <laughs> okay. Since dead dad, here we go. Right. Uh, yeah, that's funny there. That's well, original. This is, this is, I don't think, was ever clarified because she announces that her dad is dead. And not only that, but the British government seized his business. And all of his assets. And all of his assets. Is, like, is dying in the war against the law in Britain? Like, What? Yeah, and as we know from watching Downton Abbey, inheritance law is no joke in Great Britain. Yeah. That's no joke most places. Yeah. Like, it's a very serious business. And this solicitor's just like, bye, I'm not going to explain anything. (laughs) Right. I'm actually the worst solicitor in Britain. That's why I'm working in America right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't bother to check whether he was really dead or not. Just heard he might be. Yeah. Who can keep track of those things? Yeah. governments please yeah well he got stacked in the dead pile and then (laughs) confusion he tried to pull a guy out of the dead pile and fell in (laughs) (gasps) oh the mention's got the best line ever uh well i don't know which one you mean that's right (laughs) yeah she says, remember, Sarah Crew, you are a princess no longer. And uh, it's like, okay, is that maybe the theme here that we're going with? My favorite part is the black balloon. That oh. was a black balloon at a birthday party. And pops on cue. And I'm like, is this a Goo Goo Dolls song? Like, <laughs> what's going on? No, it's... Uh, the kills. Th- thank you. Yes. So many high fives on yeah. this podcast that are not going to be picked up by our microphones at all. But rest assured, cousins, they are happening. That's right. That go. was just Allison She's smacking a little her forearm like a, a drug addict. 
No, I'll just I'll just clip that out and put it in wherever it's needed. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Now We're going to be it. dozens of high fives by I the will... time I'm done with this. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we'll have a special high five track you can download and superimpose <laughs> on any episode. <laughs> an app that's like a soundboard, but it's all high fives. <laughs> Take that, Chelsea Peretti. <laughs> we run this sound effect game now. <laughs> I like how we're trying to have beef with comedians on this extremely low-powered podcast that no one gives a shit about. You don't know. Oh, we do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Google Analytics. Yeah, we're uh, we're aware. I mean, look, the listeners we have are great, but... It's not, you know, nobody, nobody's Surf beef with your listeners. Nobody's going to listen to this and be like, oh, shit, I got to call Chelsea. Chelsea, there's some bitches in Oakland. Yeah, cousin Amanda. She'd be like, I'm from Oakland. Tell Chelsea what we've been up to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She she could be listening for all we know. Like, you know, been listening all along, never bothered to write in, and then she's just listening to this episode and just like spit take. Like, like, oh, I really liked you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We like you too. You're really funny at the Palace of Fine Arts. Why do you hate me? All right. Okay, movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we're here. From celebrity so, beef to celebrity kiss ass. <laughs> uh, I think that's usually how it goes. Yeah, basically. Um, so Minchin tells Sarah that uh, she's poor now and she's going to have to work in the attic or live in the attic and work. Because of all the expenses she incurred. And right. I'm like, okay. That was actually. Board. What expenses? Do you know See, how that much actually... rent in Manhattan is? <laughs> I do. But that was actually San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. It was actually more developed in the Mary Pickford version because like when she got there it was sort of explained that she was getting like special meals and like yeah. you know, all this extra Okay. Yeah. Um does she only eat Indian food? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The curry powder alone set her back like only saffron rice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, and she tells Sarah that if she breaks rules, she'll kick her out on the street, and that these streets aren't kind to uh, poor beg or homeless beggars or whatever. And Sarah's like, "What if they're a uh, you know princess that has imagination?" Yeah. Uh, let me refer you to a little story called "The Little Match Girl," <laughs> and you read to the end and see what you think. <laughs> yeah. Also, she said the streets of New York aren't kind to the homeless. There's no street in America that's kind of the homeless. The streets of right. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, she was just living in India. They might have gone to Calcutta. Like, she may have more experience with the hard realities of life than you do. Mm, Except, no, because her. look at her. Yeah. For God's sake. Her eyes are too wide. Yeah. Yeah. She will not, even in this movie, she never gets any real experience of it. Yeah. Uh, but she draws a chalk circle on the floor. A wet chalk circle. Yes. Because there was just wet chalk hanging out in that attic. Yeah, right. you know, it's with wor- the Victorian shale boards. <laughs> right. Myself. That's cool. It's uh, a podcast. They wouldn't have known. You could be so hard on yourself. I'm sorry. It's a safe <laughs> space. I'm just gleeking all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, her wet chalk circle. Yeah. Trying to invoke the spirit. Right. It, yeah, uh, because also that really worked out well in your story, yeah. by the way. <laughs> well, she wasn't going to be dumb. Mm, I beg yeah, you're to right. differ. She was. That, she's been, been dumb the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she, well, except she can speak French. Kind of. <laughs> Do you speak French? Nope. No, 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 no. I no, was the like, whole time. I don't speak French. I just judge it. <laughs> 
Yeah. That is a very French thing to do, though. That's true. I speak Italian, German, Spanish, and English. Oh. All right. Well, I, then I read them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's different. Than what a web of lies you are spinning on this podcast. I lie all the time. <laughs> this is my set yesterday. I steal a lot, too. I know. You said that. I was like, oh, I feel honored that I don't think she stole anything from my apartment. I are don't you, steal from friends. You're only a... a Shoplifter. Like yeah. What up, Walgreens? <laughs> uh, good thing we don't have a morality clause on this podcast. <laughs> By they, you mean we, the creators and owners of this podcast? Yeah, basically. Who's your sponsor? I'm going to steal from them. We don't have one. Okay, cool. <laughs> I wish like, we did. That would be great. I'm yeah. going to steal from your bark box. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Whenever we get a sponsor, we will let you know. Yeah, we'll let you we'll know, let you know, know to, start to start stealing. Yeah, I hope they don't ever listen to this episode, though, because <laughs> right. it might <laughs> persuade them otherwise. No. That girl steals chapsticks. We're not sponsoring this podcast. I haven't stolen a chapstick in 26 years. <laughs> Small time. That was just the first level, bro. <laughs> like in The Sims. Yeah, like in The yeah. Sims. So Sarah's serving, you know, mush and mopping the floor, which Lydia then walks on and then turns back to be like, yeah, that was on purpose, bitch. <laughs> Um, she's walking through the streets a magical wind comes along and blows a cloth she's carrying up to uh, this Indian guy there's a lot of magical wind going on yeah there is and we're not talking about farts (laughs) the most magical of winds well if beans are the magical fruit it's true yeah that makes sense the more you eat the more magical winds are gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Becky (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Becky brings Sarah some cushion or whatever and is like tells Sarah to tell some stories but Sarah yeah, says Yeah because Becky in her copious free time and with the cloth that's just lying around sewed a pillow that's supposed to be India. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I mean hey it looks pretty nice. Fun know. 90s fact. That the embroidery floss she used that's the stuff you use to make friendship bracelets. Oh, snap. So all of us had it all the time, and we were like, I can't imagine a world where she wouldn't have that line. <laughs> <laughs> no, and our moms loved it. They were like, great. You want something that costs 69 cents? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live it up. Quit asking me for Nikes. Learn to weave. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Penelope. <laughs> out the Odyssey. So we see Sarah... As a deep cut, uh, raking, uh, raking the leaves. And I say raking, she's just sort of standing in the middle of the leaves, like poking at them with a rake. Rake one yard. Shouldn't (laughs) she have literally been beaten into doing a better job by now? She's in the middle, putting them in a circle around them. She's still surrounded by leaves. Like, is she just going to make a bunch of little piles? Yeah, you start at the edges and, you know, put them all in the middle. She's like sweeping, like she's going to end up like inside the pile of leaves the way she's going. Yeah, what a dumb idiot. (laughs) I would absolutely never hire her on TaskRabbit. (laughs) Yeah. No stars. (laughs) Um, So Lottie asks Sarah if she's still a princess. But before we get an answer, Lottie's called away. So, you know, still oh, in Ms. suspense. Oh, Miss Minchin comes in and is like, Lottie, quit talking to the help. Yeah. yeah. Which is a good lesson to learn at that age. Never talk to the Never help. Never talk to the help. Yeah. Makes everyone everyone's life better. Yeah. The, the help doesn't want to talk to you. Dude. As far as we know. I'm a, <laughs> we've never asked. I've that worried, would be rude. I do catering. I don't want to talk to Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I used to do that. Yeah. Um, we see Sarah plucking a chicken. Just general, you know, toil. Being terrible Drudgery. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's getting feathers all over the damn place. She has no... She's not a big picture kind of person. No. Unless that big picture is princessery. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. It's like when rich people try to do real people things. Yeah. It's like she's <laughs> like undercover Bluth. boss. Undercover boss. <laughs> she's Buster Bluth trying to do stuff. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It lands the blue part. Yeah. Like, oh, pluck, plucking a chicken. What'll that take? Five minutes? Yeah. Five, ten? Uh, we see all her, like, basically just kind of stumbling around the street like a moron. Um, yeah, she's not even good at fighting off street urchins that are trying to rob her. Yeah. Right. Or just walking. And some rich boy gives her money, you know, to learn to walk or whatever. (laughs) She must be. Well, his mom is like, don't give people your money. And then, like, she goes back and she's like, excuse me. Like, she's going to give it back. And then the mom correctly is like, oh, great. You see what you did? Right. Now she thinks she can get more out of it. You give a street urchin some change. And they're going to want a glass of milk to go with it. <laughs> Thank you. To for, go with their hot cross bun that they bought. Thank you for going there because <laughs> I was really worried there wasn't going to be an if you give a mouse a cookie illusion on this <laughs> podcast. But now my fears are laid to rest. <laughs> so uh, Sarah, now that she's got the money, goes ahead and stops in like yield Cinnabon or whatever. Louis Yield, Louis C.K. is in there. Big cinnamon bun. Yeah. Dude, that thing looks so good. It did look so good. I know. We're going to get so many baked goods when this is over. (laughs) But uh, she instead decides to give it to some poor flower sellers. uh, And then the mom gives her a flower in exchange. She's like, we just stole these flowers anyway. (laughs) From the potter's field. (laughs) Right. Where uh, we'll be buried soon enough. Yeah. yeah. And she says, for the princess, which... Jesus Tom Drink. got so mad, cousins. The whole movie. Every time they said princess, it was just... Oh, he was so angry. Yeah. It was It was really about at this point that it had, you know, just built up in my blood. But we did figure out that would make a great drinking game. Just every time they talk about being a princess, just take a shot. Yeah. You yeah. Like, will not remember what happened again until next week. Yep. <laughs> right. And that, and we're only forty minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sarah, Sarah sees that Indian guy in a window, and so she puts the flower that she was given in his door. Well, she also heard an army guy. Again, this is America, right? Uh, not clear. Like I think Mr. Randolph might be British, but anyway, an army guy comes and is like, "Hey, Holmes, your son is uh, missing in action." And so she's like bummed because she like has empathy or whatever. Right. And when she's in the kitchen, like shittily puck. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they said he was missing an action there. And Amelia's like, Oh, he was a nice boy. And she's like, are you going to eat that whole pie? (laughs) Um, yeah. Cause she was, she's like, she tried to eat the pie straight out of the oven, which you can't do. Right. Like that's like trying to eat hot lava. (laughs) You can't do it. I mean, you try. It's like when you take that you first try- bite of pizza. Look, and you're, you're like, try- it's so hot, but I want to keep eating it. And <laughs> you try you just keep one going. time. Right. Okay. Uh, you you try- don't just keep going until your mouth is so full of burns that you can't really feel anything. You are a unique individual. I <laughs> <laughs> have an eating No, but disorder. so she left the flower there for them because, you know, her dad is dead and that guy is gone or whatever. Yeah. Right. And it's a yellow flower for, yeah. you know, war stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a war rose. It's a peace rose. Peace rose. That's same thing. Yeah. It may not be a peace rose, actually, because a peace rose has to have pink edges. I think the yellow means 
remember. But I'm not sure if it did at the, the time. The 5th of November. What? <laughs> Die. <laughs> uh, so up in the attic, there's like this rat running around. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to put a kibosh on uh, rat friends. Yeah. People, people need to like, stop having them. Like, rat, you're my only friend. Stop. Fee for Vendetta. Yep. Bullshit. <laughs> Done with mouse rat friends. Rats are not our friends. I have a new friend who has, like, pet rats and is, like, obsessed with them. People who have pet rats. Had... <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> They're almost as bad as bird owners. Like, <laughs> Like, bird owners are the worst, but, like, rat people, I don't know, reptile people are in there, too. But I'd be very interested in seeing the mixed scale of unacceptable pet ownership. <laughs> All pets. <laughs> oh, good. Us, too. Dogs are great when you go to a dog park alone, so then you can pet all the dogs. Yeah. No, we don't get, like, we talked about it, because it's like, if you have a dog, you can't go to happy hour. Yeah. You gotta go home and let the dog out. Tom's getting his his Sims diamond is getting dim again, so let's get back to the movie. <laughs> also, up yours downstairs welcomes pet owners of all stripes as listeners. <laughs> Unless they're birds. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the birds themselves were the owners. <laughs> so she sees the Indian guy <laughs> uh like across in the in the next door building and there's like snow blowing everywhere. And Does they... this mean that the Indian guy is also relegated to the attic? We don't learn nearly enough about what his deal is. That's it's a top floor because it's like a nice place. Uh, eh. They have a different kind of house. <laughs> do you know this? <laughs> I, they showed them. Yeah. Well, we do see it like very briefly later. Okay. Um, yeah. Then there's this chimney sweep who like pokes up out of a chimney. Like what a little scrap. Like they is. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then he falls down. Ha! Yeah. Which <laughs> that that. Is like a three-story fall, is it not? Like, sh- is that He's he a little should kid, be? He's uh, kids used to die in chimneys. Oh like, yeah, that's the thing that happened. So no, kids chimney used to sweep die doing most things. Well, Saint yeah. Alfonso chimney sweep in particular. Like, that's first not of a really all, dangerous job. Yeah, they homeowners wouldn't put out the fire like until the chimney sweep got there because they didn't want their house to get cooled. So the chimney would still be like burning hot. Ooh. As they were going up it, and uh, yeah, it all looks so fun in Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. that was very misleading. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so Minchin is pissed at the guy because all the soot came out, and so yeah, whatever. She got some on her shoe. It's filthy. Right. This kid should be in vaudeville. <laughs> uh, the way he marches in there with his hand held out for his payment, which she's refusing to give him. Yeah. Uh, but so Sarah sees him and, and he heads off and he left his coal buckets there or whatever, which I'm like, you're how do you know how much a bucket costs? You know what? They may have been the house's buckets. Oh, yeah. Like you okay. sweep out the chimney or the, the fireplace and put it in there. And then, you know, that would make, know. that would make more sense. But okay. in any case, they're unattended and Sarah sees them. Soot prank. Yeah, we start the prank subplot. That's right. A lot of pranks going on. Yeah, she uh, she dumped some of the soot down the chimney. Uh, they were right... the original jerky boys. <laughs> <laughs> Telegraph, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> mentions harping. Uh, yeah, then, the harp. that's in right. In the middle of the day, that seems inappropriate. <laughs> Teach a class, lady. Ugh. Right? Do they ever go to school at this school? Well, the kids aren't harping. That's true. They're presumably off being taught French or whatever the hell Amelia teaches. 
how to eat. Um, and yeah, so she goes over to look into the chimney and then, whoa, all this more soot comes down and everybody has a good laugh. Yeah. Pour uh, it a little bit. Get her attention. Yeah. Get her to look. Uh, Amelia has like a thing going on with the milkman. It turns out they have a whole awkward like, oh, hello. It's very, um, what's Sookie her and name? Jackson. Sookie and Jackson and also in Legally Blonde, uh, what's her name? Claudette? Oh, the one Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge, yeah, yeah. yeah, and the UPS guy. Oh, yeah, 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 it's very like that. that Guys is. who bring you things. Yeah, she tries to do the bend and snap, but oh, she <laughs> breaks his nose. Yeah, hot, good, meet cute guys. Yeah. yeah, although that was really from that servant's book. It would talk about that the delivery men were always all the servant girls would have a big crush on them because it was, you know, only the man. only men they ever saw. Actually, the same thing used to happen when I worked at Crabtree and Evelyn. We all had a crush on the DHL driver. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we didn't really have a crush on him, but we just were like, we have a crush on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was fine with it. His name was Rob. <laughs> Hi, Rob. <laughs> I'm sure you're listening to this. Uh, Regina George is in Sarah's old room and bitches at her. Uh, and then Sarah pretends to put a curse on her. Uh, Pretend is she pretending? No, it worked. <laughs> it uh, Tom, she learned that in India. Then it must have been real. You're right. She learned it in India, where they had a VHS tape of the craft uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> put the Christine Taylor curse on her. No, the Christine Taylor curse is what happens when you procreate with Ben Stiller. <laughs> have you seen that kid? No. She is the most unfortunate looking celebrity child I've ever seen. Oh, and it's a girl? Yeah, she's got Ben Stiller's... Actually, she looks just like Jerry Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And the only picture, really, that I've seen of her is, like, her walking between Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor, and they both just look dead inside. <laughs> it's pretty great. They can afford surgery. They're fine. I know. <laughs> Uh, so at night, Fatty comes up to the attic, uh, and we f- I found out her name is Ermengarde, Ugh. which I decided that I would continue calling her yeah, Fatty. Yeah, Fatty's better than Ermengarde. <laughs> yeah. Ermengarde. Ugh. Oh, and the song starts playing. The song that's oh. supposed to be like a motif, like a musical motif through the whole movie, only shows up in full, like... Like once. And yet Allison still knows all the words. Yeah, that's... That song's my 9-11. Never forget. It's awful. Put your heart in my hand so I can kindle your hand with my heart. Makes perfect sense. That makes... Oh, my God. I think that, like, firefighters everywhere Without your heart, my hand can't be kindled without you. Ew. What is that? Well, I don't want any part of me to be kindled. Kindles for fire. Yeah. And e-books. Yeah. Yeah. And that shitty phone that Amazon just invented. (laughs) They turn the ebook thing into a phone? Yeah, it's called the Amazon Fire. Right. See what they did there? Bezos! <laughs> <laughs> Coming to get you! <laughs> Coming at you! Drone flies away from the window. It's like, I'm going to tell him. It comes back with a gun. No, <laughs> <laughs> watch us be getting up, Bezos! <laughs> Who is Lottie Caper next? Uh. No. <laughs> I don't know when that happens. Uh, but After the pranks. Well, there's some hospital, and uh, Mr. Randolph is sitting by some oh, guy, yeah. and then the Indian guy is there, and they're, like, talking. Because that's when they play the song, because the window, yeah. the door's open, and it's, like, mm. well, and, like, snowy. Is this in a hospital? Yeah. yeah. And there's, like, leaves in there. I'm like, that doesn't right. seem very hygienic. And again, 
We're not in the war yet. It's a field hospital. Like, before they had, like, soap and well, stuff. Well, it was awfully clean for them to just be letting leaves blow around everywhere. Like, yeah. you know. Also, more importantly, why was that hospital in America? Oh, yeah. Excellent question. Yeah, it is a great question, yeah. Alfonso. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, after that, now is the time when the uh, big scheme happens. Miss Minchin heads out, and the girls ex- execute a very organized plan that they have worked out with a lot of different people involved. Uh, and when everybody's in place, uh, that tantrum girl starts having another tantrum. Her name is Lottie, Tom. Right. <laughs> and that tantrum girl is all upset. Uh, and so Amelia, who was sitting in her office or whatever reading, is like, oh, startled. She was looking at Milkman porn. <laughs> <laughs> she literally throws everything about, like, it's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Also, Lottie has, she does that a lot. Like, yeah, no, that's why they call her Lottie. Because she cries a Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> yep. That's going out to the world. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, some of the kids head into Minchin's office, and then uh, Amelia very tentatively tries to touch Lottie, and Lottie tries to bite her. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Lottie's screaming, and then Amelia reaches for her. Lottie stops screaming to bite her. Then Amelia starts screaming, and <laughs> yeah. it's the best scene in comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mel Brooks. <laughs> this is better. Alfonso Cuaron, new king of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Oh. I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, we appreciate it. Yeah. Right, these microphones were quite expensive. I believe it. Uh, but look out. Minchin forgot a glove in her office. So Amelia's telling somebody that Lottie is possessed. Uh, She's telling Sarah. Yeah, she runs and gets Sarah from the kitchen. Right. Because as we all know, for some reason, Sarah is the only person who can talk to other humans. <laughs> She's a twat whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Mic drop. <laughs> you get one more. Foley art. <laughs> uh, Amelia, or yeah, some other girl comes in to the to Minchin's office for a fake scare. Uh, and then Fatty finds the necklace. The girl that comes in is the girl that's supposed to be the lookout. Right. What Look, is she doing? Yeah. She had one not job. good at this at yeah. all. No, lookout is the most important job of them all. Rich people can't do anything. And even if she was the lookout, they didn't have a signal set up. Right. I thought she was coming in to tell them that she's coming back, but instead she's like, no, I'm going to no, watch you got, guys. I just got bored out there. Yeah, It's weird. She's probably not coming back. Um, so Minchin opens the door and all seems lost, but then Becky screams and Minchin looks, turns away from the door and looks at her. She's like, and is like, what bitch? And Becky's like, I, 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 I. For five minutes. For, yeah. for five straight minutes is the time that it takes all those bitches to get out of that office. Yeah. Best part. Right they close Minchin. the door right behind Minchin. Yeah. Also, how did Fatty fit through the crack in that door? <laughs> <laughs> but she did do a good thing where she closed the door behind her. Minchin's finally like, today, Junior. <laughs> and Becky's like, oh, I saw a mouse. And she's like, yeah, we have mice. It's Edwardian times. So that's what happens. Turns to go into the door. <laughs> Bam, right into the door face first. It's, it's so great. good. This caper, I love it so much. <laughs> uh, Amelia says that she hates children and teaching. <laughs> good. <laughs> 
Uh, doesn't everyone? Every right. teacher does. <laughs> and if you don't, you're probably one of those molesters. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lose like half of our listenership <laughs> off of this. <laughs> you have a lot of teachers listening? I believe I that. assume. It's, yeah. Who else d- likes weird period dramas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 13-year-old girls. Alcoholics, <laughs> unemployable, angry loners. <laughs> All of those are me. <laughs> so yeah, so Sarah tells her to just run off with a milkman and go live in Milktown or whatever. Because yeah. you should totally take life advice from a nine-year-old. And, uh, and Sarah's got everyone in this school around in the palm of her hand. Yeah. She also Along has with her heart. heart. <laughs> She's kindling them in her hand heart. So is she a witch? She's a cult leader. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. She's a regular David Koresh. Yeah. <laughs> 90s documentary. Watch it. That's good. <laughs> You'll remember that David Koresh existed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Branch Davidians uh, stemmed off from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So. Oh, I didn't oh. know. They didn't mention yeah. that. Rob Lowe didn't tell us on this documentary. Oh, well, there's like five more I can direct you to. Great. I'm really excited. <laughs> we'll have cake and then we'll watch Branch Davidian documentaries yeah. after we're done. Yeah. <laughs> All I have written is magic wind. It keeps <laughs> After happening. After Sarah Princess yeah. cult. <laughs> oh, the girls will have a candlelight procession up to the attic to give Sarah her Despite locket. Despite the presence of electric lights. Right. <laughs> they claim to have risked their lives for this locket, which I'm not certain is true. Again, Miss Minchin is not that threatening. Like, what is she going to do? She can't, she can't actually hurt them. Yeah. Their Tony families are obviously paying a lot of money. To yeah. send like them to school, it's, presumably it's, in the same city where they also live. Like, <laughs> it's all modeled after Dickens, but in Dickens, you know, the mismentioned equivalents actually could, like, beat you up and kill you if they yeah. wanted. Like, no problem. It was problem. fine. Yeah. You know, Ebenezer Scrooge would be like, oh, great. They decreased the surplus population. <laughs> this is a net win for England. The worst <laughs> she could do is expel them from the school, so then they have to spend their... They have to spend their summers in Newport with the uncle that they were sent away from school to keep away from. (laughs) (laughs) Or like a weird aunt. It's all like havishamming all over the place. I like havisham as a verb. (laughs) Me too. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're havishamming. Have some cake. (laughs) Having some cake. Teaching girls. some wedding Teaching girls to hate men. That is actually... That's feminism. That's basically <laughs> what I do all the girls time. To hate men. <laughs> actually, I feel like feminism's gotten away from the cake, and they really ought to bring that back. Oh, we let the gluten-free vegans get too deep into it. Yeah. Ke- Kelly's a third cake feminist. <laughs> I'm on my third cake. <laughs> so you'll have to speak up. <laughs> You're the Rebecca Walker of baked goods. <laughs> Uh, also, the monkey stops in. He's like, hey, I heard you're having a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> What's that monkey's name? Hanuman. Hanuman, which means? That is the name of the monkey god in Hindu theology. Who named him that? I don't know. Ramdas. Uh, well, Ramdas, pretty unoriginal. That's and kind of disrespectful. Actually, Ramdas never calls him that, does he? Maybe it's Sarah. I think it probably is Sarah with all of her white privilege. Because I was going to say also, it's kind of disrespectful to the monkey god. Yeah. Like, how would you feel if you were the monkey god and people were just naming random pets after you? No. I mean, they're also monkeys, but like... Yeah, not random. God created man in his image. He didn't give him his name. (laughs) 
Like, we're not. We're alike, but we're not the I same. I name you God. Adam. Here's your new wife, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting confusing. <laughs> Can we have nicknames? Nope. <laughs> I banish you. Oh, thank God, we can make our own names. <laughs> Banish you to the land of Nod. God damn it, it rhymes. <laughs> Regina George's hair comes out in her brush. She faints. Yeah. Which was, you know, a bit excessive to me, but I guess. Uh, she's probably wearing a little corset. 1914. That's <laughs> true. They faint still. Yeah. The girls all scream at some development in the story that Sarah They're is telling. really bad at sneaking up to do stories, by the way. Yeah. Like, they need to... Sh- I mean, look, as somebody whose sleepovers got screamed at by her mother frequently, <laughs> yeah. like, you need to pipe down. Like, I know you're in the attic, but still. Yeah. It's the attic, not the Apollo. Everybody calm down. <laughs> they're, like, screaming and doing backflips. They're just like, yeah, Ra- Rama? Yeah. Rama? Yeah. yeah. They're like, Rama, beat up a guy. Cool. Like, it, the hero one in the story? Unusual. Just, like, every story Unusual. ever? Like, what's one story? that Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> that you hasn't come out yet. My favorite movie. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's so great. I can watch it like once a decade. <laughs> I can watch it repeatedly. Ooh. It's my greatest uh, accomplishment. <laughs> well, you don't really do drugs, so it's less no, of a like... No, I don't. It's less of like a passion play for you. Do like, you did you do heroin? No. I, I paused way too long, but no. I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. I know I'm from Rochester. But... I like that this is functioning also at, as like yeah, this Rochester, weird the heroin capital of the, you know... Dude, that place, like, Kodak left, and everyone's like, well, I guess I'll just sell meth now. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's did what's you been do, going on. Did you do meth? No, never. So wait, what drugs are you doing that you're relating so hard to Requiem for Please, a Dream? Please, tell us and the world. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream basically tells you that weed's a gateway drug. <laughs> it leads to cocaine, and cocaine leads to double dildo ass parties in front of businessmen. <laughs> It's a slippery slope. <laughs> I'm going to ask, is that what happened to you? <laughs> I don't understand why you're identifying with it so strongly. Not yet. It could. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale of what could happen if I keep doing drugs. Right. Right. She said it was a cautionary tale, not like, you know, a biopic of Allison. Like That would be amazing because that book was written before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Marlon Wayans in the movie. <laughs> oh, man. I got That's sex scene with I'm him. black, so... Oof. That's what happens, right? I don't remember. What happened? Doesn't he get shot? No, he uh, gets arrested and sent to prison. Oh. Yeah. Which is still... Insane. Yeah. Yeah. That could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a sobering look at <laughs> America's uh, drug industrial and prison industrial complexes. Let's go back to A Little Princess, where they act like none of those things exist. I'm out of notes. I don't know what happens All right. Next. So the monkey's <laughs> bored with the story. He bounces. Um, <laughs> later (laughs) and minchin shows up and is like you know angry at everyone and kicks them all out and tells uh becky that she's going to be locked in a room all the next day with no food and then sarah will have to do all of both of their chores also with no food uh and tells sarah that she has to learn to be practical and tries to leave without actually saying the word princess but sarah calls her back (laughs) she's like listen we haven't talked about whether or not i'm a princess yet (laughs) she's like fine (laughs) also again look Miss Minchin totally has a point here. Like, let's just say on the face of it, her dad is dead. For some reason, the British government has seized <laughs> all of her rightful inheritance. Uh, 
a bitch is gonna have to learn to like follow the rules and not piss off authority figures. That, yeah, it's, oh, I don't get her. Mention all. or the kid? The kid. I, I mean, look, Sarah's she's an insolent little piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mention underdog. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, she's she built. Also, I don't get why Amelia's so nice. They have the same dad. They're sisters. Yeah. Why do you assume it's only the dad? Oh, because of the trauma that we assume is happening. Minchin's got a lot of pain behind her eyes every time. But sometimes, you know, they'll only predate on one daughter. Probably because Amelia was fat, right? Yeah. (laughs) She seems like she would tell people to. (laughs) Mouthy little fat girl. (laughs) Please cut that part out. I feel terrible for saying that. What's your BMI? That will determine whether or not we leave it in. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> All right, it's fine. Uh, so Becky's scared. She's saying that if she gets kicked out, she's got nowhere to go. But Sarah's like, oh, you have me. Like, no. Sarah, like you're, you're not you're, a place to go. <laughs> you're both at the mercy of the same fairly reasonable person. Yeah. Like, yeah. if she says it's time for one of you to go, I suspect the other one's not far behind. You mean you have to follow rules <laughs> to do a job. Like, yeah. that's how jobs work. So but you seem. know what? Even today, like, so many people don't get that. Like, I have a friend who shall remain nameless who quits every job that it gets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> keeping it anonymous. But it's like, after a month, and it's like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, are you not happy all the time? That's not how life works. Yeah. You have to put up with things, and that's why money exists. Yep. Anyway, that's my point. Call me a mention, if you will. <laughs> We're all mentions, though, because we all hate Sarah Crew. Yeah. We do. Oh, totally. Yeah. So Sarah decides that they should eat imaginary food, and Becky's like, i will got nothing better going on. You know, on. according to the book that I have about low-carb diets, actually thinking about foods high in carbohydrates causes the same glucose spike in your blood that actually eating those foods causes. Wow. Uh, and so, therefore, they've just made themselves hungrier by imagining all this food. Oh. Uh, it seems like that's sort of how I would just thinking about it. It seemed like that would make me hungrier. See, in that case, I'd be like, oh, you know what I think we should do? Heroin. <laughs> that seems like a good solution to That'll this make problem. not hungry. Or, uh, I've heard. You know, I don't know. Eat one of those rats, I guess. Like, Yeah. Eat, eat the rat friend. Eat your rat friend. Is make it, it really your friend? Well, yeah. then it should be willing to lay its life down for you. <laughs> that's a real rat friend. <laughs> make that rat cook for you. Like, right? That's what they do. Get your ratatouille on. <laughs> <laughs> so the morning comes along. Uh, and the monkey is hanging out. In the morning comes. <laughs> on their bed. And uh, guess what? There's all flowers and food and shit. Plus, they have all new sheets and pillows underneath the, where they were sleeping. Like, they were somehow taken drugged. out of... Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have to have been drugged. How do you, no yeah. way else that could have happened. And that's not... No, 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 guys. That was a magic wind. <laughs> it just magic blew wind the sheet them up. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Becky, rightfully, is scared by all this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, my parents didn't teach me much, but don't eat mysterious foods that show up along with a whole new decorating scheme from your room. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not normal. Like, if that happens, find an adult. Like, and don't tell me the monkey brought it. That's not... <laughs> We've all seen the way the monkey dresses. He could not. Yeah. He doesn't like, have this good a taste. No. Like, <laughs> You couldn't drape those curtains like that. So the Indian guy 
gives breakfast to uh, Sir Davos, who is blind and also has no memory. And then he's like, oh, I think I remember something. Yeah. Uh, nope, nope, don't remember anything. And again, we have a listener who is uh, a neuroscientist. And I question this case of amnesia. I question all cases of amnesia. As does our neuroscientist friend. I mean, this yeah. isn't as bad as the amnesia case in Downton Abbey Which with fake Patrick. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause, I mean, but I mean, this guy, it's just like, it's never clear. Like, he's got to remember, you know, he has speech. Like yeah. what? What is it that he's not remembering exactly? I just feel like they do a poor job of communicating exactly what amnesia is like. Agreed. Yeah. Quick, guys, give me a head trauma, and we'll find out ourselves. And a special up your downstairs <laughs> extra. <laughs> An investigative report. Extra credit. <laughs> uh, so Amelia elopes with the milkman. She sneaks around, avoiding Miss Minchin. Uh, and then sees him out the window, throws a suitcase at him, which knocks him over, and then jumps on him. Like, he couldn't even handle the suitcase, which is significantly smaller than Could she, she not have thought about that and been like, hey, step back. I'm going to do a tuck and roll when I hit the ground. She could have also just been like, meet me at the back door of the house. Yeah. Right. You know, where like, they've do always you, met. <laughs> do you not have a key? Like, yeah. I don't know. So the that, sisterly relationship here is very perplexing. It, it is. Uh, Minchin barges into the attic and demands the locket from uh, Sarah and says that she has stolen all of these things that are there and doesn't listen to her saying that the monkey did it. Well, <laughs> it is kind of hard to believe. Right. And That's harder to believe than that this is uh, Davos Seaworth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she goes off to call the police. Davy takes off his eye bandage. <laughs> Davy. What time is it, incidentally? Did they clean the house that day? No, never made clear. It looks like they've just been hanging out in yeah. your weird, like, pimped out room all day. Yeah, right. so I hope you left them some weed. <laughs> then the cops come? Uh, yeah, well, we see... Then we the see mention, come. We see Minchin hanging up the phone from the police, and then she hurls the locket down, and it causes a lightning storm to start. So yep. there's more magical weather. Yeah, you know, that's how lockets work. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever had a locket? It controls... It's the storm of jewelry. <laughs> that's how storms work. They just come when you're angry. Yeah. Yeah. And Davy goes up to the Indian guys like, hey, I took my bandage off. Um, <laughs> and they're like, great, want a drink? And he's like, God, yes. <laughs> I may not have a memory, but I am still a functional alcoholic. He couldn't drink when he had his eye bandages on? I think he just got there or whatever. It was weird. Okay. Uh, so Becky and Sarah are worried about the fact that, you know, they're going to go to jail and then to a whorehouse. Uh, <laughs> the monkey comes in. Oh, God. Can you just... She'd be like, I'm a princess. Just like in the corner, just rocking back and forth. Guy walks into the whorehouse. I want that one. Yeah. Uh, the police arrive downstairs. Funny how you don't hear very many jokes that start, Guy walks into a whorehouse. <laughs> points out the nine-year-olds uh that wasn't what i was talking about hey right. tom take us away yeah I from have this moment been attempting to do so <laughs> Sorry. the uh the police show up downstairs there are four of them because when you get a call that a nine-year-old girl is on the lamb you want to make sure you've got a whole squadron she's not even on the lamb she's been subdued right yeah she's locked in a room she's already imprisoned yeah so they decide to stretch a board across to the window across the you know way or whatever, uh, and Becky's all worried. And, right, and Sarah walks across. The Minchin and the police arrive, and Minchin grabs at her, and Sarah almost falls. And Minchin is like, "No!" It's like that's what happens when you grab at somebody who's walking over a rickety board bridge. Yeah, I saw Pollyanna. Yeah. 
Sarah dangles a bit, but then she recovers. But then the board falls, and just all seems lost. But she manages to grab the stone ledge. She's in the middle of the board, right between these two houses. She does like some like Spider Man move, yeah. and like grab with like just the tips of her fingers. What is she, Batman now? Yeah. Right, ridiculous. And she's still she manages to get from that I'm grip. Batman. <laughs> Batman. She's the little kid that escaped from the jail that from Batman. <laughs> Wait, who was that? Was it Bane Talia or Talia Al Ghul? God, I really did not like that movie. It was really bad. Uh, yeah. Anyway, no, she <laughs> she she makes her way up. She's like, all those years I spent doing parkour really paid off. <laughs> well, we found that she's good at one thing. And <laughs> <laughs> right. this is literally it. So here, Sarah heads downstairs with the monkey. Uh, Davy still can't remember nothing. Uh, the Indian guy answers the door and mentioning the cops come in and they're all searching everywhere. Sarah's kind of hiding in some, you know corner or whatever and davos finds her yeah and she looks up and she's all like whoa you're my dad and you know she's like hugging him and all this sort of thing you know behaving very naturally moaning papa that's true and he's like no homo yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he uh he does not want to embrace yeah he's finally reacting to a nine-year-old the way he's been (laughs) supposed to the whole time right that's how a dad is supposed to act. Yeah. Don't touch me. Don't stick. touch me. Don't you dare try to come in the bathroom when I'm in there. <laughs> so Minchin comes in and takes Sarah away and she's screaming. But uh, all is not lost because the Indian guy just kind of stares at Davos. And then now he remembers. Yeah. Like he put that. a magic wind in his mind. Like not even staring directly at no, his eyes. No, he was just staring, like up at him. Yeah, at his nose they're, kind they're of. standing next to each other. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like... Mm. He's like incepting, like inceptioning <laughs> things into his head that's like, yo, remember you got this annoying kid? Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to keep her here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he runs after Sarah and is like, hey, uh, I'm your dad, so let's... <laughs> and he says, Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Minchin's just kind of like, meh, whatever. It was kind of odd, like, it was just, she didn't really seem to care all of a sudden. Nope, sure didn't. Well, when Sarah was, like, screaming that he was her dad, Minchin looks and is like, yeah, that is her dad, but <laughs> she's like this kid doesn't have a dad. Take her away. And the cops are like, all right, let's get this going. <laughs> Gotta get to the bar. <laughs> Patty's boy in shots tonight. <laughs> uh, incidentally, we're not just being racist. Right. That is how all these cops talk in the little bits of like looped in dialogue yeah. that they get. Yeah. My last name is an Irish ethnic slur. I am allowed to do this. <laughs> By this name that I gave myself. <laughs> You're an inspiration to us all. So cut to the Randolph School. It's not the Miss Minchin Seminary for Girls anymore, because that didn't make any sense. (laughs) And Uh, uh, I'll say it actually made slightly more sense than the Randolph School for Girls. Why? Uh, I just mean that, like, Miss Minchin taught there, and it was a school. I'm not clear what's going on there now. Randolph's a rich dude that owns the place. Is it, like, Montessori? Like it's business as usual, probably. <laughs> it's the school from MAME, where they're all just naked, <laughs> running around. Oh, man. That they're was, still wearing their green uniforms. That was one of the first plays I ever did. I was young Patrick and MAME. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I love that one. I played Fish Families. Fish Families. <laughs> Such a Anyway, That's some Berkeley shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was. 
Every time I pass the Berkeley Montessori school, I'm like, fish family. That's what you guys are doing in there. Uh, so yeah, so old Mr. Randolph is like, uh, hey, you're rich again. And they're like, great. We don't know why we weren't before, so it works out. <laughs> Somebody explain a state law in Britain to us. So Sarah and Becky come out, and Sarah gives, like, collectively all the girls, gives them Emily and is, like, the doll. Uh, listen, I read a little book called Lord of the Rings, and they had that <laughs> conch, and this is not going to end well. Yeah, share one. Oh, bit. because, uh, what's her name? Lavinia's Jack. You actually read Lord of the Flies, but the message is exactly the same. Yeah. Did I say Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. You tried to give one ring. Yeah, if you yeah. endow an object, it doesn't end well for humanity, so maybe we should be less materialistic. Right. Yeah. So They should throw Emily into a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, trouble ahead for the Randolph School. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And then uh, Regina George comes out, and there's, like, this dramatic pause, and then she hugs Sarah to some sitar music. And they also show it, like, four times yeah, from they different do this angles. Weird, like, and it's like, shouldn't there have been a scene in there where, like, they were like, oh, you're not so bad? Yeah, or, like, Sarah sh- does or, something of use to Lavinia. Or her yeah. saying, like, uh, could you stop... You could you cancel that curse? Yeah, I would appreciate that. Or like, what if she had been bald? Like that would have been really cool. Whoa. Like oh. at the end of the witches, when it turns out like Angelica Houston is hideous. Yeah, and you're like, oh, they no, show that I in the first ten minutes. You are such a bitch, huh? The witches? They show that in the first oh, ten they? minutes. Listen, it's been a long time. It's on HBO Go right now. Oh snap! I know what we're doing later while Great. we eat cake. Uh, because we've got one final development left in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Which is that, turns out, now Minchin is a fucking chimney sweep. With the kid that she With the, Yeah. Not even, she's not a chimney sweep because she can't fit in the chimney. She's the chimney sweep's intern. Right. Like, which, I, what? And again, okay, so great. So Randolph bought her out, fine. Yeah. None of that explains why this previously very comfortably upper middle class woman is now a chimney sweep. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, loving this development i was like that's what you get miss minchin kid power she gets she should be on an island with her randolph millions (laughs) secondly she never once wondered where amelia was yeah at no point did she even say i wonder where my fat sister went (laughs) i was like yeah i'm too caught up on this (laughs) nine-year-old i I guess busy stuff ahead of me i guess whatever classes she taught are now canceled forever yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, Sorry, yeah. cotillion class. Like, <laughs> and that's this movie. Yeah, Ugh. that's it. Uh, so it's worth mentioning that in the book and the Mary Pickford version, the dad actually stays dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right? That's that's a story with a sad ending, although it turns out okay because the neighbor, who I forget if he's named Mr. Randolph, like, there's some whole thing. No, it's not the neighbor. It's her dad's ex-business partner. Right. The one that he thought scammed him. He lives next door? No. But he survived this horrible sickness that he was felled by. Oh. And oh, turns out the diamond mine was actually super profitable. Uh, and so he finally gets his strength and his wits back and then comes to find Sarah Crew and is like, oh, by the way, you're an heiress now. Bye to everybody else. Your uh, dad's and, dead still, yeah, but including you know. Becky, she's just like, okay, bye, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember from the Shirley Temple version. Of, yeah, like 
they're being like, hey, guess what? Like, you're rich again, and your dad's alive, and you're still a princess. Yay! So and basically, then- Ayn Rand wrote this book. <laughs> <laughs> but Alfonso Cuaron fixed it. They adopt <laughs> Becky. They leave. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder where they go. Do they go back to India? Probably. And then the Indian people, the servants are probably really mean to Becky right? because of, like, caste and, ca- and yeah, like, color-ism. Uh, but we don't have that movie. No. That's not... Sequel. That's more of a... Sequel. That's not Alfonso Sequel. Cuaron. Sequel. That's, a little um, queen. Who's the guy who directed Babel? Oh. The Syriana guy? Uh, maybe. We don't know. Anyway. Somebody. Whoever, whoever is the, like, hot Spanish language director that's more gritty and also isn't Pedro Maldivar. Right. Because Pedro Maldivar is actually pretty whimsical. Is it Guillermo del Toro? No. No, he was directing Spy Kids back then. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. Uh, I don't remember what his well, name is. Well, Pacific Rim 2. I haven't seen it. HBO Go, girl. Come on. <laughs> All right. We it's need to so good. All right. Well, we've got HBO calling us as well as Cake. So. Yeah. So yeah. We should probably get out of here. Yeah. Uh, thank you again to Allison for joining us. Absolutely. This has been highly enjoyable. This is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, best uh, friend date ever. Yeah. And <laughs> we have a recording of it. Yeah. No, that's, we, it was the best friend date with a sound engineer. <laughs> this is better than when I used to play Talkboy with my best friend, Pam. <laughs> Pam, if you're listening, I didn't mean it. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much to everyone Pam, for listening. Find, find Allison on Twitter. She's Allison underscore Mick. And uh, you know where to find us. We'll be back in a couple weeks with something. Yeah, with whatever's next on Yeah, we forget. Yeah. We'll look it up. It's we'll, fine. We'll find out. So until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs, downstairs. Luncheon out. <laughs>